Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have a Four Pillars tournament. CM Punk might be back. WWE is stuck in neutral as we wait for backlash in Puerto Rico. And I didn't get anything to say about Sonata winning the IWGP championship last week. So I got stuff to say that and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. See what happens when you skip a week? Man, I saw it like a week later. I was like, what? <laughs> Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. I am Bill Vega, your host as always, a.k.a. Squash Clan. And sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? <laughs> Man, that's <laughs> I'm the biggest fan of that one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that shit was funny. I'm it's sorry. Like, I don't want to lean too far into it. I'm leaning into it. If you ain't going to lean into it, I'll do it. Fuck it. Imagine if this is your first band of ring that you ever listened to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might say something that, if, if it is, they should already be pre warned. They might say some shit that might make you say, what? <laughs> Rewind that. They said, what? <laughs> okay. On that note, we know I'll have congregation to bow their heads as a read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside Podcast, Volume 304, Chapter 3, Verse 14. Of the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels, it's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity of BFR. The big guy's back. Two beers here for a little bit. Your boy's ready to talk some shit. It's wrestling time, baby. AKA Adolf Ziggler Hitler. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> See, we get it from both sides. They just won. Fuck. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have Two Beers Act. Boom. What's going on, Two Beers Act? BFR Weston's house. Oh, man, it is uh, 420 in Portland, Oregon, and I am completely sober, so I can't say I'm thrilled. But I'm thrilled to be here. The fuck is wrong with you? I got to go I, to my daughter's Christmas, or not Christmas program, music program. Here it's called an edible, and, uh, dude. Yeah, it is called an edible. Pop one down. You're good to go. It's illegal. Yeah. Oh, it's not about it's not about smell. I can't be a person when I'm high. It's not about smelling I like totally it. I mean, everybody that. in Portland smells like weed. I just can't be a human being. I, I totally get that. I can't be a person when I'm high either, but I can host a podcast, but just barely as it, as it, like, it just wriggles away from me for the last half hour. Or so. I was getting ready to say about that one hour, 45 minute mark. You might want to Get that seatbelt locked well, in. He, your I boy mean, might go down. So now I'm just thinking here. You know, I'm I'm sober too. I'm just thinking here. Like, okay, <laughs> so I started. Off, I do my AK. <laughs> I do my AK every week. Bo sends it to me. Bo sent me Coo Squash Clan, and I was like, God, that sucks. That this is the first time you ever listened to it. Because then you might think that like I'm endorsing something like that. To further make it more absurd. I made the joke about Adolf Ziggler, Hitler, and then Zach reminded me that it's 420. It's actually Hitler's birthday, and now I feel, and now I feel even worse because I know when Hitler's birthday is. It's all confident. I didn't know when Hitler's birthday is, but now that I know. Hey, happy birthday, Adolf! Dude, I had somebody. I'll tell you why I, had I know. Somebody pull that shit out. Go ahead. I had somebody pull that shit out on me. 
today because I said, like, happy 420. They're like, oh, what, you celebrate Hitler's birthday? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's messed up. And they're like, no, it's messed up that you know that. I'm like, you're the one that pointed it out. I was like, but I do know that. It's like, it's also the anniversary of Columbine. So, <laughs> that's how I remember it. That's, uh, that's uh, honestly yeah. how I was remembering because I was, I was a freshman in college, so we all lived in the dorms. Right. I remember. And so uh, this was, you know, for all you kids, mass shootings weren't a thing back then they were pretty right. rare right so when it happened and they were televising deal. they were televising it like live on cnn and i we were all high as fuck in the dorms because we had been taking gravity bong rips and we were watching and, and then it uh and then you find out that those guys did it because of hitler's birthday that's how i know that it's 420 yeah it's because of I mean, columbine and because i was super stoned watching right. columbine and i know that those uh douchebags did it uh, because it was Hitler's birthday, so that's crazy yeah. talk. I mean, Columbine was like Jimmy Snuka jumping off the cage. Now it happens all the fucking time. That's yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> God damn, that is. Thank you for bringing it back to wrestling. That that was really, really well done. I mean, what a fucking pro. Seriously, that's pro shit. God damn, that's good. <laughs> right. The heart and soul of DFR. I'm already sweating. It's going to be five minutes in. I'm laughing my ass off. So we are coming at you from post-storm St. Charles, Missouri. It's nice out here. Yeah. Pretty pretty beautiful. Um, uh, thank you guys for picking up the slack last week. Like I said, I did not know that Sonata <laughs> won the IWGP. So what I did last week, because I knew I didn't have to be on the podcast, I was like, you know what? This is a good week to just decompress from wrestling i like didn't look at anything i didn't watch anything i was like well i'll catch up with it i'll listen to bfr uh when i get back and i'll catch up on everything surprise <laughs> i wish it, this ain't a visual medium but if it was bill's mouth agape <laughs> i mean i was like legitimately blown away blown Ditto. away kind of disappointed went back and watched the match this week okay was less disappointed. Okay. Um, but uh, because it looks like Sonata's got a new look, got a new character. I was like, they can't have a guy with bleached fucking tips uh, mm-hmm. when the no, championship. No, no, no. Not in 2023. No, Sonata looks fucking sharp. Yeah. Um, and I love Sonata when he had the mohawk, so I guess like I only like Sonata if I like his hair. <laughs> Do you like his hair? <laughs> I think he looks badass. <laughs> Sonata's over with Bill. <laughs> he looks like a different guy. He, I mean... Well, we can talk about uh, NJPW maybe later in the odds and ends. But I had a great trip to Seattle. I don't know if you've ever been there. I know you've been there. And, Plenty. Zach, I'm sure you've been there. It's a great town uh, with lots to do and lots of public transportation. I had, hey, a, man. I had a fucking blast, man. And um, it only makes me look at St. Louis and be like, why can't we, we fucking, be like this? Why can't we have something like this? Like hey, an actual man. downtown area? Yeah. Monorail, yeah, you know, you all know, that shit. Yeah, you know, actual truck public transportation that could get from point A to point B. Like Atlanta has like an all day pass where you can do, you know, the monorail, taxis, the whole nine yards for X amount of dollars. It's it just makes me look at St. Louis and like, man, we're mush- ass mushrooms backwards. are like kind of legal there. So <laughs> <laughs> kind of fish fucking ruled. Yeah, no I mean, shit. really, it was a ton of fun. Right uh, but thank you guys for uh, picking up the slack. Not that there's all that much to pick up, but I did mm-hmm. listen to the whole podcast. I listened to every single fucking word you guys said about me, and. Uh, <laughs> I've got some things to share with each and every one of you. (laughs) Almost spit that shit out. Let's let's get to that three count. One, two, three. JCB, kick it off. 
for the fact that Two Beer will be leaving us a little soon, I'm going to go ahead and steal his one count, his usual two count in this scenario, and make it the one count. We're going to talk a little A-dub for a little bit. Um, Rampage, obviously, started off on Friday night, the opener, Aussie Open versus Best Friends for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Um, if you didn't watch uh, NJPW over the weekend, um, Aussie Open won a triple threat match to become the NJPW tag team, strong tag team champions. So they are double champions at this point. Um, I said it on Twitter. They feel like this year's FTR. They're getting hot right at the right time. They're getting. They're becoming double champions, and they feel like they're right now. If I had to say who's the best tag team in the world, I would go with Aussie Open One, just because of how they've gotten this momentum so quickly after World Tag League. I'm sorry, not World Tag League, but um, the New Japan Cup, where Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis had their nice individual runs, and then they, later on. In uh, Sakura Genesis, they beat Bishamon to win the IWGP Tag Team Championships, and now they've won this triple threat to become New Japan Strong Tag Team Champions. For me, like I said, right now, Aussie Open feels like last year's FTR. They're getting these titles. They're getting on a roll. I wouldn't be surprised to see them do something along those lines of FTR versus Aussie Open at forbidden door but neither here nor there Aussie Open beats uh, best friends in a pretty good match I feel bad for best friends They've, they're liking this little quagmire of AEW tag teams but neither here nor there um, outside of that FTR uh, announces they're going they're staying with AEW for the next four years so th- there's plenty of dream matches in the next four years for FTR to, to deal with obviously acclaimed and Aussie Open on the top of my list for that um <laughs> Mark Briscoe gets caught up with uh well backstage by uh the Trustbusters. So in a weird move, he and well, I shouldn't say he, but um You're talking about Rampage, aren't you? Yes. I was um, like, did I watch last week's show instead? <laughs> I'm like looking at my notes. I'm like, what the fuck? Double J and uh Jay Lethal are going to tag with um Jesus Christ. FTR at somewhere down the line, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Taya beats Emmy Sakurai. Um, I just wish Emmy Sakurai would get a little more love, but neither here nor there. Main event, Sean Spears versus Jungle Boy. Sean Spears' first match back since having the baby. Uh, looked good, made Jungle Boy look good, but obviously Jungle Boy goes over, and we'll talk more about that later. I have no thoughts about Rampage. Didn't watch it. Two beer. Uh, yeah, Sean Spears back as a baby face. You know, he uh, he appears to have lost all the baby weight. Um, good for him. <laughs> I was hoping it would dynamite with the four pillars coming out. <laughs> now I got some stuff to say. Okay, let's go. We got the four pillars coming out, basically oh, yeah. stating their case, running each other down. I mm-hmm. thought it was really good. Intriguing television. I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week. If at some point, if one of these guys are going to be the guy, you're going to have to figure out if they can work the mic. Wrestling is a part of this. Do not get me wrong. I'm more of the wrestling guy, but you got to be able to build the story to get into the ring and then have this wrestling match. So in this scenario, I like the fact that each and every guy has their perspective. It might not be the perspective you agree with, but they're looking at it from their perspective. Sammy doesn't like this person, but I like this person. Jungle Boy likes this person, don't like this person. Darby don't like nobody. 
<laughs> okay, so fuck all y'all. And MJF is coming in to stir the pot up. I thought this was a really good segment. I thought we were going to get the Fatal 4-Way, but MJF announces the fact that we're going to do a Four Pillars tournament. It will start with Sammy Guevara and Jungle Boy as the main event for Dynamite. The winner gets Darby Allen the next week, and then the winner of that gets MJF at double or nothing. I like the tournament. I'm always a tournament guy, and this one actually makes sense. So that way you don't have a bunch of chaos running in the ring, even though I think a fatal four-way would be kind of cool with these four guys, but neither here nor there. I'll let the four take it from here. Zach, what do you think about this segment? Uh, the segment was okay. I did like uh, the kind of idea behind it. It was kind of execution. These guys, uh, the majority of them are not polished talkers, but at the same time, you got to give guys experience. Jason and I talked about this last week. you got to give guys experience. you got to give them the opportunity to get out there in front of a live crowd and, and do these kinds of long talking segments. This was a very WWE open. This was like an opening of Raw, even to the point where uh, they announced the main event that apparently had not been booked until this moment. Uh, so when I that's kind of what happen, I got. When I saw that happen, I, I knew Zach was going to have a problem with that. I was like, Zach is going to point that out because <laughs> because, because usually because you're right. I mean, usually you know the main event before. Usually the, you know the, the main starts. event before the show starts, especially yep. with AEW. I like a little surprise. I do think they lean a little too heavily. So as far as like being critical of what they usually do. Uh, I think they do lean a little too heavily on having every single match booked out. Uh, I think there's a nice balance where it's like, hey, you know the main event because it seems silly to like book an entire stadium and not know what the main event like draw is going to be just as a in a kayfabe style. But like, have some surprise in there, you know? Like, uh, that's why Nitro was so good. Like, you never knew what the fuck was going to happen on Nitro. No ever. shit. That's definitely and, the first uh, but, time that sentence ever been uttered on Band from Ring. <laughs> That's why Nitro was so good. <laughs> if it Joey was, was here, he'd tell you how great it was. Dude, Nitro was probably the most revolutionary wrestling television show in history. It was phenomenal. Uh, until He's it heating up! Wow, that's, that's a hot take for real, for real. You think Nitro is more revolutionary or influential than Monday Night Raw? Because Nitro never would have existed without Raw. I wouldn't have, no, uh, but, like, um, Raw almost, like, Nitro did a lot of things that uh, I feel like AEW does a little bit of, but I think they can even do more of, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have, but Nitro had, like, the Cruiserweights, which was revolutionary, given those guys' venue in a stage that they otherwise hadn't had before. I mean, the first episode of Nitro was shot in the Mall of America, and it had Brian Pillman versus Jushin Thunder Liger. And, you know, and then they did set on, like, they had, like, they, they shot in, like, different places and stuff. It was awesome, man. It was so different. But, I mean, Raw was cool. But at the, at the beginning of Raw, it was the Manhattan Center, one hour pre tape um, Okay. And then they did then live. Anyway, I, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. But I, I, I there's a lot of reasons why Nitro was revolutionary. I, I got two jokes here. Do you want A or B? Uh, give me B. You fucking hipster. So, you <laughs> uh, <laughs> could have just flipped some around. Nobody would know. Right. That's right. No. That, <laughs> well, A was, ooh, checkmate. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know which one. <laughs> I was really going to say whichever one you said. But, um, okay. So, I, sorry, Zach, are you done with your point? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I don't, I don't mind little digressions here and there. It's our fucking podcast. We no do shit. We want, but um, okay. So I have some things to say about this segment. Um, I'm going to start off with the negative. Okay, the negative is. I wouldn't have minded this segment. It's 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 kind of cute how they all come out and interrupt each other with each, with their with their own music and everything. And then the first time they all came out together when they said a title match all at the same time. I get it. Uh, I wouldn't have minded this segment at all or a four pillars match at all if it was for the international belt or uh, for the TNT title or something like that. And I, I, I listened to what you guys said last week on the podcast, and I, 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 respect, I respect your point of view, and I know what you mean, Zach, when you're saying you have to give them a chance to be on the big stage. You have to give them a chance to – you have to see what they look like when they're talking about the big belt, when they're fighting for the big belt, when they're uh, in, in the in feuds for the big belt. I don't think – where I disagree is that I don't think it works when they're all talking to each other. Like, if it was Jungle Boy in there with, let's say, Moxley, for instance, or Jericho, or Brody King, or Aleister Black or something, then you get to be elevated. But all these guys together, who are basically all on the same level, Darby, Sammy, and Jungle Boy are all on the same level more or less, right? Upper mid card. Upper mid card. Yeah, I was going to say they get they get lots of spots. I mean, those guys bitching about not having matches on pay per views. It's like you guys are on TV every fucking week and have been for three and a half, four years. So, like, let's cut it out. That that's my thing. I just don't think it elevates anybody if they're all together because you know what it looked like to me, and I'm going to say this, and you got you guys might not like it. It's going to sound like a super hot take. It was fun to watch those guys talk to each other. When Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite were out there later, it's like, oh, now we're watching the varsity game. It was like watching the JV team, and then it's the varsity game. It was like watching the opening band, and then the big boys come out. That's that's what it felt like to me. And it was like, why isn't any one of these guys fighting for the belt? That's my first thought. Now I'm going to go to the good news. The good news is... If you take MJF out of the equation, of the other three, there's one guy that's completely comfortable on the mic that started healing off last night, and I was like, actually, you know what? This motherfucker can work. Darby Allen was very good on the mic last Holy night. shit. When he started healing off on Jungle Boy. Now, listen, I don't know what purpose it serves. I don't really know if it serves a purpose to have the two baby faces run each other down. I guess they're. I guess the idea was the heels are going to stand tall at the end of the show, so it doesn't matter. You can have the baby faces running down. But I'll tell you what, when Darby Allen was healing off on Jungle Boy, I was like, this guy, Uh-oh. this guy can fucking talk. Uh oh. I mean, I was into it. No shit. Uh, so, um, I, I think that it's going to be Darby Allen versus MJF. I think if you're going to have MJF versus one of these three guys, I think Darby Allen is the most major choice. It's the choice that seems to make the most sense, and it's the match that I want to see the most. Um, the negative part that you talked about, I think that's just perception, and that just is what it is. I don't think that anything that 
Darby, well, outside of Darby, obviously you gave him props, but Sammy or Jack Perry could have done or said in that segment that would have changed your mind. And that, that just is what it is. I mean, it, I can't, I'm not going to try to change your mind. You you have the perception of these three guys are upper mid-card versus Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite. These are the guys. Well, I, sorry to cut you off, but, I mean, really, like, they're all small. They're all young, and I didn't know who a single one of them was until AD, AEW started. Sure. That's, that's not their fault. That's, that's my fault. But you're right. It's perception. I see them as not quite being uh, – main event heavyweight championship material yet and that there's a unless they do something that what changes your mind that's not going to ever waver unless they're going to be heavyweight champion in the 146 weight (laughs) go ahead sorry (laughs) but that being said i still stick to my guns even if you give it to omega and you keep it with you know the, the the names that we all know at some point we run into the wwe pro the problem you have this Upper mid upper card where you have the Moxleys, Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, Bebe, Jay White, these guys, Danielson, Jericho. You got that. But then the next tier down, you don't you haven't developed anybody. And they don't have and then this top tier doesn't have anybody to wrestle on this upper mid card. So I get your point. Do you see and I said it last week. Or the, two weeks ago when you questioned me on uh, Jungle Boy. I don't see him as the world championship material right now. Just so you but, know, I listened to last week's episode sober with you and Zach. But last week, me and you, or two weeks ago when we were doing the podcast, I was drunker and shit. Mm. So I don't remember shit. <laughs> I think I do. Um, but you still, and, that, and that's always the problem. You got to, whoever's the champion. Okay, right now, obviously, you have, Jesus fucking Christ, I forgot who the champion is right now. MJF. Uh, MJF. So MJF is going to have to have some guys that are always staying relevant, hot. So whoever loses to MJF, because I'm assuming MJF retains that double or nothing, the next person up is at least heated. They've won some matches. They lost to whomever on the way to double because or nothing. You, because you're saying that MJF's going to retain no matter what. I think he retains no matter what. Okay. Uh, Zach, what do you think? Uh, would you care to rebut what I said? No, I think uh, the Derby is the logical choice. I think I might have said that a couple weeks ago, where if you're going to go with one of those guys, it feels like it should be Darby. And, and it's I guess a one-on-one match is a little bit of a safer bet. I do like Jason thinks that the four-way would be pretty fun. I was kind of lobbying for it. I know a lot of people are poo-pooing it, but uh, I still think it would be more fun. But I, I it would, is what it is. I would love to see that match. That match doesn't have to be. That match doesn't have to have a, a title attached to it. That match could be at. It, they could have a four. Mm-hmm. They could have a four. They could definitely have a, a. First of all, I don't think they should say four pillars. On uh, television, like I think that's cool if they want to talk about it, uh, you know, on Twitter or if they want to talk about it at scrums or whatever. Saying that on television, because when you say four pillars, like they're not actually the pillars. They are the guy. They are they are homegrown talent. But I mean, the pillars are Moxley, Omega, Jericho, and uh, you know, I don't know, Arn Anderson. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Stink. 
they're not really the pillars. They are the they are the homegrown guys. I I don't have a clever name for them right now. I just think call them the pillars. If I if I hadn't watched wrestling in ten years and I was just flipping through and I flipped on TBS and they're and they're like, oh, we're the four pillars. I would like I would be like, these guys are the four pillars. These guys, I wouldn't. If, if I walked by him in the airport, I wouldn't turn my head and be like, wow, that looks like a pro athlete. Now, that might not be your uh, barometer for whether or not somebody's serious. I'm just saying, as a child of the 80s and 90s, I, I expect a little bit of girth. You guys know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Man, you ain't right. But I'm sorry. Let me get this correct. But are are you guys with you me? You ain't that? shit. Are you guys with me though? That uh, Darby seemed extremely comfortable talking his shit. It was like it, it was like night and day from when I used to make fun of his backstage promos. <laughs> to me, now maybe I've been wrong the whole time, which is completely feasible. But like, I was like, man, this motherfucker looks comfortable talking shit to Jungle Boy and talking shit to Sammy Guevara. I I. I was really impressed with him last night. And I thought I thought he was really good. I just uh, I it just doesn't it just doesn't scream main event at me. I uh, I like I wish his music like I don't know what the guy says like in his music, but I always want to just remix it with Juvenile where it just says I walk with a limp with my nuts heavy. <laughs> uh, that's what I sing in my head with RBL's music. That's the only other. Thing I have to say. I thought um, it, I thought it goes. Mom, let me drive your Honda Civic. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Next up, uh, Britt Baker versus Jamie Hader. Oh, I'm sorry, Britt Baker and Jamie Hader versus Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. Uh, obviously, a prelude to what's going to happen later on down the line. Britt and Jamie go over winning the match. Britt Baker in Britsburg going over. In this match, but like I said, down the line, we'll see more of this. I I don't have much to say about this match per se. Obviously, the later on with the Jericho, Adam Cole segment, there's more to talk about that. Anything you want to talk about the women's match, either either or, gentlemen? Yes, it's, it's a novel concept to put a person over in their hometown. <laughs> William Beggy? No. Next up, uh, Arn Anderson and Wardlow backstage. Wardlow bringing out the big guns. Had Tully Blanchard with the, uh, Jesus Christ, the, not the acclaimed, but uh, the pinnacle. Thank you. And now going up, I guess maybe in Arn Anderson's words, he's upgraded. We're not playing checkers. We're playing chess at this point. Arn Anderson's going to be in the corner of Wardlow. Going against the match, going into the match with Powerhouse Hobbs, with obviously QT Marshall in his corner, TNT title match. I thought this would be the main event. Obviously, not at this case anymore. Haven't seen Arn in a little bit. I'm not. His sh- kid died. Oh, okay. Then. Not 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 the one that wrestled, but um, he had another son that passed away. Uh, due to undisclosed reasons, I'm not going to speculate, but uh, yeah, he's been gone because uh, one of his sons died. Taking care of business, totally get. Yep. The elites versus, uh, well, I say the elite versus BCC, but the elite. Hold and, on, can I say something? Yes, please. Like I said, I listened to the podcast last week. Couldn't agree with you any more than I am right now. What the fuck did they do to Wardlow? That guy is even even adding Arn Anderson as a manager. Like that guy was so fucking hot. He was riding as high as it could go, man. 
as high as it could go. He could have challenged for the belt after he beat MJF, and people would have believed it. I would have believed it. I would have accepted it. They 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 fucked it up. You know, I, I'm sure it's. I'm, there's a lot of balls in the air when you're trying to promote, uh, where you're trying to uh, book a, a promotion. I know, but that is that is a ball that they dropped. Uh, I, it's I, a it's a it's a giant set of blue balls is what it is that they dropped because man, he was ready to blow, and yes. uh, then they just cooled him off. Yeah, they really did. It sucks. It sucks because now I look at him. Now it just looks like another guy. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to get that back. And it's like one of those things where you got to pull the trigger whenever. And they do a pretty good job of, like, listening to fans and, and doing, you know, like Jamie Hayter. That was an example. Hell, even the acclaimed man. Like, I can't imagine the acclaimed were uh, supposed to be, you know, world tag team champs. They just ended up being, like, the hottest act in the company. Yeah. And they but, just did it. Yeah, but why don't they still have the belts? Like, they, they never should have taken it off the acclaimed. Never, the acclaimed would the, the, they cooled the acclaimed off when they had the belts and they had the fucking guns win it off them. That I was thinking the same thing last night, and you remember how I was about the acclaimed wrong, and I like came around, and then they took it off of them, and now it's like you watch the acclaimed, it's just not the same. They, they were so hot, they'd still be so hot. I guarantee it, because that crowd last night in Pittsburgh wanted to love the acclaimed. But having the belts is just a little bit different. It's just a little bit different. It just hits a little bit different. You know what I mean? Sorry, Jason. Go ahead. No, I, I, motherfucker. Hey, you know me. If I had something to retort on it, I'd jump right in. But, I mean, Warlow acclaimed two great examples of champions that, or even acts that were on the incline. Also homegrown guys. And on for the what, national stage. And for whatever reason... The guns had it. Now, obviously, they coughed it up to FTR, which now makes, you know, it, it feels more acceptable, but you shouldn't have took it off the acclaim to begin with. FTR can still come back and challenge the acclaim if you want to do that. Wardlow is the one. I'm just like. I'd say all three of them. That blows. No, Wardlow is the one. Well, yeah, because they didn't do anything with him. They, okay. Yeah. They He won the title, and then that was it. Because he, he holds the title right now, right? Yes. Because they, they hot-shotted it off of... Hot. Yes, which, never mind. That was the week I missed. Elites and BCC segment. Um, <laughs> Don Callis is the first thing I want to talk about immediately because obviously we all saw this, so I'm not going to break it down. But uh, Don Callis is, to oh. me, the gem of the whole segment when he comes out with the chair... And Danielson is looking out at him, talking shit. And he's like, what the fuck? Basically, you know, prayer phase. is like, what the fuck are you think you're getting ready to come out here with this chair for? You ain't ready for this. And then he brings out Takeshita, which I thought is the ultimate curveball. But in the big picture, if you think Don Callis is about fuckery or he's trying to get Takeshita in with the elite, it all makes sense. Here's the opportunity to do it. Takeshita comes in. Has the boom, has the moment? I think this is a great use of Takeshita. If we go to Blood and Guts or anything with uh, Blackpool Combat Club, he's the guy that's going to get over the most over anybody, and it's a great opportunity to do it. It's a good chance to get him over with fans that don't know him. So now you can get fans invested in him. 
the segment was cool. It was what it was because you knew it was getting ready to happen. But when they brought Takeshita in, that changed the whole segment to where I was like, oh, uh-oh. H- Hangman Page is the guy you expected to come out, okay? Callis came out first, and I was like, what the fuck? And it was laughable because you know Don Callis ain't going to come out and do shit. I didn't think he was bringing anybody out. I just thought he chickened out and ran back. Me too. <laughs> and then he brought out Takeshita. I was like, whoa. And now you have my attention again. I thought the segment overall was good to great. It got great when Takeshita came out and cleared out the ring. And even, you know, you had Kenny and the Bucks were still kind of like, you know, what the fuck's going on? You know, I don't get it. But this dude just saved our ass, so we might want to give him a little love. Takeshita's going to be the guy to watch. I don't know. I don't care what Steve Paris has said. Look, that dude is going to be the guy to watch going forward in this feud. Everybody else is over, but one guy, Takeshita, he's going to get over in this feud. You watch. What does Steve say about Takeshita? Listen, we have to stop calling out individuals that are in our circle on the podcast if they're not here to defend themselves. Damn it, what's the fun in that? We have to stop doing it. You called out Joey last week. I texted Joey. I said, man, Jason really called you out. He said, I didn't get a chance to listen to you. Well, what he say? And I told him what you said about the Bucks. And then he doubled down on it. And I said, motherfucker, now I'm mad. Fuck you. I'm running you down this week, too. <laughs> you doubled down on it. That's great. He's like, you know what? Fuck you. I mean, I, I made that I, shit. I respect I'm saying it with my chest. But shut the fuck up, Joey. <laughs> That's great. Good old Joey, man. That motherfucker said, no, nah, I'm going to beat that shit. Nah, he's principled like Anton Chigurh, but he's principled. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if No Country for Old Men where Anton Chigurh just walked around and talked about how the Young Bucks were overrated? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Zach somewhere in the trees like, motherfucker. Zach, what did you think about this uh, Elite versus uh, B- or the Elite BCC segment? Uh, I think it's funny. I really do hope that is the beginning of like Takeshita's ascendance because man, that's something that they wait and they wait. Like it's one thing that AW does a pretty good job with long term stories, but the flip side of that is sometimes they let shit drag out too long. And one thing they're letting drag out too long is Takeshita losing matches. And it needs to be his time to shine. This guy is the future of the business. Like I'd say out of anybody on their roster they should be protecting this guy the most. He's amazing. Um, I don't know. He's, he's so so fantastic. So, anyway, that's what I think. They have planted the callous Takeshita seeds for for a long time now, for a couple months, really. Uh, I, was, I was down with it. I think it's a good way to get Takeshita over. It's a good way to either have him... Uh, you know, become a huge baby face or become a huge heel with Callus and have uh, Omega, Omega, Omega <laughs> somewhere be, down the line. But yeah, yeah, have Callus be the heel manager and have a Takeshita Omega feud with a Takeshita Omega match at a pay per view. Into that, very into that. I have to say, I just fucking love Brian Danielson as a Woo. heel as a heel. And I fucking love John Moxie as a heel. Mm-hmm. We just had I've been waiting for it like really like you talk about blue balls. Like we haven't had John Moxie as a heel since WWE. And that was bad. And even then, he was babyface for a long time 
after the initial shield run, I just think that John Moxley is such a perfect heel, man. He's just made to be a heel. He's obviously a really great baby face too. He's a unique a unique talent. I know that's not I know that's not a hot take necessarily, but I'm just really glad to see him as a heel. And I actually think that Wheeler Uda works as a heel better too. Like as a pest piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he should start yelling forged in combat. Right? I'm gonna beat this guy's ass because I'm forced in combat. Forged in combat. <laughs> Yo, John Moxley, you beat him down fine. I'm gonna kick him too. Yeah, I'm forced in combat. I totally agree with fucking Wheeler Uda. He's he's the guy that if Nick Jackson went down. Because uh, Claudio just like choke slammed or whatever. I don't even remember what he did, but I mean, he just like deadlifted oh. him and just was like yuck out threw him down on the, on the ground. I was like, God damn. Speaking of Nick Jackson, what's the other one's name? Matt. So did you see Joey texting me this last night? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zach. And I'm like, where is this going? He's like, he's acting like he knows who these guys are. I'm sorry. I go thought ahead. it was Ezekiel or something. Ezekiel. Uh, <laughs> Joey texted me last night, and I, I didn't notice it when I was watching. They dyed their hair the same color. Did they? I don't know. I, I guess they did. did Do you, Zach, think you, can t- you think you can tell them apart with different hair colors? You can't tell them apart, man. Okay, no, I know that. I can't. Well, that, that, that ship has sailed, man. Okay, I'm I can tell them apart. With the same hair color. Matt has the jacked up elbow. What if I just showed you a picture of their face? I can still show. I can still do it. I mean, damn you! This is okay. This is shit. Hey, you remember too. that picture? Jim Abbott played for the Yankees and the Angels. If he stood next to his twin brother and his twin brother had both arms, yeah, I could tell which one was which if I could see their whole body. Jesus I want to see just the face. I can tell the faces apart. Okay, you can't. We this. No, I know I can't. I'm okay. not even claiming that I can. Even with same hair color. Got it. All right. Got it. Okay. Massive got, jacked up elbow. Got, I guess you got a 50-50 chance. What do you mean <laughs> jacked up elbow? What does that even mean? Is it because bent, is it because bent the wrong way? No, because in the mat or in the scrum or whatever, they were going after the elbow, and they were making it a point where Matt has a bad elbow. That's a work. That's a work, though. I didn't say it was a shoot. I'm saying that's in this scenario for the beginners in the world. That's how you can tell these two apart. You know what? Also, I just I, I got a bone to pick with you. Come on you, with it. You called Zag Mr. AEW Mark all the time. You are wearing an AEW hat that just says AEW on it. You, okay. look, you look like Rob Lowe at the Super Bowl wearing an NFL hat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the point is what? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm not at AEW Mark. I'm sorry. Cre- not sorry. I'm just creating content. We <laughs> got create content. We can talk, and content's gonna be created. God damn it. Jesus Christ. The fuck. All right. What's next? Wardlow versus Powerhouse Highs for the TNT title. Obviously, we talked about this for a little bit. The physical match happened. Um, I just, I, I just had a bad feeling about this whole match. It just felt like it, it was happening too quickly. Wardlow wasn't gone long enough to get the real good babyface sympathy. Hobbs hadn't had the title long enough to make him feel like he was worthy of getting the TNT title to begin with. You know, you, you, I kind of, I'll speak for myself. I wanted him to have it, but I wanted him to have a long run. If he coughed it back up to Wardlow, so be it. Just not this quickly. Unfortunately for me, not the case. Wardlow wins the TNT title back. 
I thought the match was pretty good. I thought both guys are good in the ring. I just think that this was the wrong time to do it. Powerhouse Hobbs has should have had a long, much longer run, at least to double or nothing, if not longer. And Warlow is what you said. He doesn't feel special anymore. Even when you put Arn Anderson next to him and Arn with his, you know, I'm pulling out the gat and all this little good shit, you know, that was cool when Cody did it and it popped the fucking Pittsburgh crowd, but it didn't feel special here. And that's the problem. So he wins the TNT title back and I'm like, okay, now what? So Luchasaurus comes out. That doesn't impress me. It, You have fucked Wardlow up so much to the point now he doesn't feel special and if you look at that guy and if you you didn't even see if you didn't know the backstory of why this happened and I just showed you this one match you'd be like god damn one goes kind of good who's this guy jumping off the the top rope doing senton bombs he shouldn't be doing no shit like that oh that powerhouse house is cool too but this one guy man he was a champ yeah he was and then and then you would really start to go down this rabbit hole to see how bad tony khan has dropped the ball Wardlow should be so hot that when he lost the title, the next move up should be MJF, and that should be the end game. He's heating up. But now you fucked him up to the point where now I don't even care if you lose the Luchasaurus or not. I want him to lose the Luchasaurus because now you got no choice to move him up. He shouldn't be in the fucking mid card at this point. It's ridiculous. Absolute fucking bullshit. What do you think, Zach? Uh, match was fine. It was overbooked. Um, I wasn't surprised at the title change or even mad about it. Um, I'm fine with them moving the undercard titles around. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I agree as far as like Wardlow. This isn't like fixing Wardlow. Like the TNT title isn't like doing anything for him. It was probably doing more for Powerhouse Hobbs. So in that sense, I would maybe advocate for keeping it on him. But, um, yeah, it's kind of a, a mess of a segment, even though I thought the match was good. Uh, just didn't really care for anything else. Ask me if I had something else to say about it. Will you rage, Bonnie? Do you have something to say about this? No. Next up, we have MJF first and Sammy Guevara in the backstage segment. The devil and the devil's, I guess, associate making an agreement to where they're going to make sure that these two are going to make it to the finals. And then we'll see what happens from there. Obviously, more to talk about that because that's the main event. Uh, later on down the line, um, Commander versus Jay White. Jay White making his AEW debut. I don't know. I'll, I'll let you go. I'll let you talk about this one, Zach, because, I mean, for me, I have my own thoughts. I'll let you talk about this first. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, I was really just surprised that they made this match. Yeah. Um, when I saw it, I was like, uh, okay. Uh, but, I mean, Jay White was awesome in it. Commander was commander. I did love that Jay White kind of kept him from doing most of his stuff. Um, that was like how Jay White was a heel in this. And he's a really excellent heel. Um and he kind of kept Commander from doing his stuff until the end. I mean, Commander did his rope walk, you know, jump, moonsault thingy to the outside. But, I mean, Jay White still won the match, which is appropriate. And, um, yeah, it just seemed like it would have been, uh, I don't know, a little more on-brand or apropos for him to be out there with, like, 
uh, baby face and like just be his like dickish self and then like you know squash the dude and smack him around and um, you know do his his Jay White stuff. But uh, that said, I saw this and I was like, this is either gonna be really good or it's gonna be really bad. And like anything with Jay White, it was really good and um, <laughs> I liked it. I'll just say this for Jay White's debut and for someone who I think that is going to be ultimately in the AEW title picture at some point, maybe in 2023, definitely in 2024. I think you should just come out and have him squash this guy. And then obviously the post stage or the post match uh, nonsense with uh, juice Robinson and all that other bullshit. You can still do that too. But I think it was to me it was kind of more important just to come out and just have Jay White just dominate. You know, I'm not advocating for like Bill said two weeks ago for him to go to the top of the card. I don't, but I like to have like a little progression up the card. This first match out, he should just be crushing whomever it is. It shouldn't be Commander. Commander is a different story. I think that's more like what we were talking about earlier, or what you specifically was talking about with the, the WCW cruiserweights. It feels like that's where a commander should be in a scenario like this. Unfortunately, not the case. Okay. All right. Just see, anime over, you know, running me down too. That's okay. It's been a long day. Everybody's been talking shit on me. Um, I don't know. I just yeah, I think her first. I think her first word was bad take. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? Huh? Yeah. Oh, she she said hell yeah. She just piled on too. She's that's like, what yeah. she said. <laughs> um, I don't. I sorry. I had to go in for a second. Um, I think that Tony Khan thinks about. I think that Tony Khan sees his audience as somebody that rather established Jay White as somebody that can uh, dominate people in kayfabe style i think i think he wants to show people that he can go and uh this this match was really fun i thought this match was really fun commander might rely a little bit too much on the tightrope thing (laughs) you guys might have already said that i didn't but yeah but But, uh this match was really fun hold on a second i gotta take this baby inside hey say bye. bye bye sweethearts she's so cute um, Mark Briscoe backstage. Um, I, obviously, I talked about this in Rampage, but this was more so of the the pile on where now Jay Lethal and uh, Jeff Jarrett have to work with FTR. They have a match next week, or I guess tomorrow night versus Trustbusters and Slim J on Rampage. I'll let you, that's going to be a train wreck. I'm not a huge fan of this whole angle. Not a big fan of Jeff Jarrett. Well documented. We can move on from there because obviously the next segment to me is the segment that I want to talk about the most. Uh, Chris Jericho and Adam Cole, baby, have their face off in the ring. Um, I think this is a lot of this was a chance to get a lot of fans that are non JAS fans, or in the case of myself, non Outcast fans on board to where you can get the real heat on them and get people like like I said myself invested in this feud that feels like it's going to have multiple layers obviously you have the Chris Jericho uh Adam Cole baby layer but then underneath it or next to it if you want to go better choice of words we'll go next to it and since it's 2023 um you have the women's side where you have Soraya and the outcast Britt Baker Jamie Hayter whatever the case may be so 
when you have all this combustible elements in one spot, you want to try to, at least in my opinion, you want to try to make this as compelling as humanly possible, which they were well on the way to that up until where it felt like they stopped kind of abruptly at the end. Britt Baker should have got whooped a little more when it comes, at least in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Adam Cole should have been begging a little more. All of this should have been on camera, and this was a golden opportunity to do it. I thought the segment was good. Could have been better? Hell yeah. It felt like this whole segment was rushed, and this was the segment that was probably the most central segment of the bunch. It felt like a main event, and it wasn't even a wrestling segment. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I thought they kind of dropped the ball in this scenario, but that's just Tony being Tony trying to do a lot of things in one fell swoop. But it ultimately got the job done. Could have been better. Yeah. Tubir, what'd you think? Uh, that's funny. I actually thought this was the best segment on the show. I, I loved it. Uh, I love the drama of it. I'm not, uh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying it wasn't the best segment. I just thought it could have been better. Could you? I mean, this should have been an ass kicking of epic proportions. And they cut it short. I mean, you mean like they should have just really like beat on them? Yeah, I mean that that should have went another five or ten minutes. I mean, five minutes uh, for you know uh, uh, the beating, and then another five of just them riling up the Pittsburgh crowd. It was a perfect time to do it. I mean, yeah, they could have done that. Um, I I think it got the point across. I didn't. I whenever I was watching it, I didn't think like, oh, um, this is too short or anything. Um, but I mean, I, I can see your point. I feel like WWE has done that recently with like the Sammy stuff and the KO stuff. It's, you know, they really took their time, you know, like just beating the shit out of Sammy Zane and being him being a very sympathetic character. And, and I mean, Brock just destroyed Cody for uh, like 15 minutes at the end of Raw okay. know, a couple weeks ago. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It should have been more like that to where now it's just like, ooh. Ooh, ooh, you know, cringy ooh. Now you've got me invested. I mean, I yeah, think- I mean, you can go it either way, but I, I didn't think that whenever I watched it. I thought the segment was effective, but I, no, you it was. Could definitely have gone longer. Oh, I thought it was completely fine the way it was. I thought it was the most effective segment of the show. I thought it was the best segment of the show. I don't need to see 15 minutes of people getting beat down. I just don't need to see it. I know, I know that. Maybe people aren't as jaded as I am, but I think most people are as jaded as I am, except for kids when they're watching wrestling. Like, the point's taken. Like, I get it. Like, they handcuffed him, and then they beat his woman with a kendo stick. Uh, My only problem is I I just don't think kendo sticks are, like, it's like, okay, kendo sticks. I guess that's fine. I mean. Oh, you did take a chop. So, I mean, you you can graduate to the you, – you'd be the only one to talk some shit like that. <laughs> you don't think I'll take a kendo stick? I'll take a fucking kendo stick. I know you will, man. Calm down. And you can tase me. I don't fucking care. Okay, good. good. All right, big dog. <laughs> I mean, I'm not Johnny you Knoxville, know. but I'm also not a puss. Okay, we know, motherfucker. We know. <laughs> I think the problem with kendo sticks is kendo sticks actually hurt worse than they look like they hurt. They don't look like they hurt that bad, but I think they hurt like a motherfucker. They sound like they hurt. Uh, like a motherfucker. 
which is the exact opposite. You want things that don't hurt, but they look like they hurt real bad. See, I um, always, I always, th- the see, I always, the, the thing, the first person I remember using kendo sticks, I don't know who it is for you. For me, it's Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's the first person I remember using kendo sticks. That's funny. And when he would use it, it was always, this might not look very hard. This might not look very painful, but trust me, it's fucking painful. And here's Steve Blackman. No shirt, but pants. You know, he's got like his karate pants on right, or whatever. Right, yeah, right. forgive me if it's not the uh, right, right martial vernacular. Art. But uh, he he was and he would always fuck people <laughs> up with it. And be like, God damn! But I mean, that was what 26, 27 years ago. It's just not the same. It's in three hundred and four episodes, and I think this is the first time we said Steve Black. No, it's not. No, it's not. It is not the first. This is the no. second time. The uh, third time. No, I've run up Steve Blackman a couple times because I love that Steve Blackman Shane McMahon match. At, you do. Uh, you do. You at do. The, at you the do. SummerSlam, they had the first TLC where Shane McMahon fell off the the side so of the jumbo push, truck, pushing him off or whatever. Yeah. Okay, fair, fair. You do. Okay, fair enough. Um, Matt Hardy, don't you want to talk about it? Um, you can watch Rampage for that match. JS versus Acclaimed and Billy Gunn. J- I did like how Zach and I both said Steve Blackman basically. <laughs> that, that felt good. Did that say, you damn kids. <laughs> I was thinking Steve Blackman, but that's okay. Um, JS versus Acclaimed and Billy Gunn. Um, I said on Twitter last night, this feels like just the Acclaimed in a – I guess they're circling the airport to figure out where their next move is. Obviously, they go over. Otherwise, if they lost, they would join the JS. That's not going to happen. And then in the main event, you had Sammy Guevara versus Jungle Boy. Sammy Guevara goes over. Jungle Boy gets fucked over when MJF comes out of the crowd, pulls him out of the ring, hits him with the ring, and then it ends in a countout. Probably the safest way for Jungle Boy to lose, but to have Sammy advance so you can protect Jungle Boy. I thought this match was good, especially for a first-time match. I thought the right guy went over, which is probably the most important thing because if you make a deal with the devil, you just can't have That's the first time those two guys have faced each other? It was the first time they faced each other, which is kind of crazy, but neither here nor there. Um for first times, I thought it was really good. I think that there's something to build off of. Like I said, five, six years down the line, these might be the two guys that are going to be here after everybody else is gone. So you might want to get these guys their reps in now. So in that scenario, I thought this was good enough to where it didn't feel like it, it should have been for the TNT title or the international title. It was a basically a, a title eliminator match, whatever they want to call it. And it worked itself out. I thought MJF played his role really well. Him and Sammy Guevara are getting along right now, but obviously that's going to implode, and I'm waiting for that here in a little bit as well. You think Zach's talking again on mute? Probably. Uh, no, I was talking to my wife. He's yelling at me to change my shirt. You can't go anywhere without being dressed up. We're like leaving. A- we're leaving that in. Know. We're leaving that pause in for all you unmarried guys. <laughs> Just so you guys know what it's like. You, you get, the, you, the, you pure, get, the pure oppression. You get yelled at. You get yelled at. Wait, wait, wait. Did you oppression? You're the only one that hears it. You're the only one that hears it. Nobody else can hear it, but you're getting yelled at the entire time. Thank you, Reba. Give me some kisses because this motherfucker's talking about oppression. Uh, I was but anyway. Going, oh, uh, that's real oppression. That's that I do. I do Reparations for married guys. 
Here's your 40 uh, acres of the mule when you get divorced, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I know we're skipping counts, but I just got to say, go, if you haven't seen it, go watch uh, uh, EC versus Desperado. It was awesome. And I'm really happy for my boy Clark Connors joining Bullet Club. I think it's the thing that he needs to do to advance his career is to be a heel for a little while. Damn, uh, you, you, awesome. you are jumping shit. You, you about to say, strike but up the music. It's I got to go, so I got to say all my shit. So, yeah. I think he's got to go. They're calling me off the stage. Hey, yeah. we got all some right, birthdays. Hey, we got some birthdays. <laughs> 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 all right, Jubir, we'll see you next week, man. See, see you, Zach. Bye. Hit the music, I'm out. <laughs> all right, so what I was going to say about Sammy versus Jungle Boy, or Jungle Jack Perry, is I thought that bump that Jack Perry took off the turnbuckle into the table, I thought that looked really painful, and I thought it was really safe and good for him because it really looked it looked bad. But uh, when they showed the replay, he obviously just hit the table, like, basically with his hand and the his thigh. That inverted uh, DDT, I thought, was the one that was where I was just like, oh, 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 my. Everybody's <laughs> okay? I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Jason. I love a tournament. Like, even the, just – I think that I've said it before. Just make – just have a constant tournament about something. Like, just – I think it's fun because it, it you, you – Stakes on matches make matches better. So, well, especially in this scenario where you you can start elevating guys and you can make, you know, storylines out of the tournament. That's the the basic the two major reasons to have tournaments. If you got a, especially with this eight, this roster is so fucking ridiculously huge. You got to be able to have like there's guys that that could be doing more that aren't doing more. Keith Lee is somebody that I th- I wanted to win last week. He didn't. And I always think he could be doing more. In a tournament scenario, you can have him and Swerve, you know, face off finally, maybe blow off that feud and then have one of them go on to the international title, the TNT title, whatever the case may be. But ultimately, you get my point. Um, I think I think they're doing the right – I think TK's doing the right thing ultimately with this tournament. But we'll just see what happens. Yeah, we'll just see what happens. I think that uh – like you said, uh, Sammy Guevara and MJF. I mean, that alliance is not going to last very long. I mean, no, Sa- but it's going to be fun to watch. Sammy Guevara wearing the Burberry scarf on the way on uh, at the end. It was like, man, that's going to be good. <laughs> that should probably happen off air, right? Okay, <laughs> hell no. I want to uh, see that train wreck, all of it. Oh, we should talk about CM Punk because you didn't get a chance to talk about CM well, Punk last I, week. I was just thinking. So now I have to do the two count. I haven't even thought about the two count. But let's get no. to that two count. One, two, three. Two Bill, what's the two count? Okay, everybody. Uh, the two count is these fucking CM Punk rumors. Uh, looks like, so the rumor is... Yeah, I'd say, let's, let's at least address it and, you know, set the table first. The rumor is CM Punk, you guys broached it last week, but not for a very long time, I don't think. Well, between last week and this week, a lot of things kind of escalated. So, I heard it. Tell I heard me what the, they are. So, for, when we talked about it last week, it was kind of, um, not even, it felt like a rumor... But the date was the 21st of June. They'll have a, a, I guess it sounded like a dynamite on the, that 21st in Chicago. If the rumor is true, CM Punk would come back. And then there would be a, this is the part that was new to me. 
this week they're talking about having a a third AEW show. It's called AEW Collision. Some, Collision. Okay, so it would be a two-hour show. So that two-hour show would be the point of a, a soft brand split. So you can keep CM Punk on one side and have him on TV and then everybody that doesn't like CM Punk on the other side. That to me was the latest news to me that I heard this week where, okay, yeah, they're going to have a third show. That sounds great. You probably could have did this last year, but probably the reason why they're doing this or at least pushing to do this is because they want CM Punk to come back, but they have to keep him insulated from everybody else that doesn't like him. As Two Beers Zach said last week, CM Punk saying, hey, you know, I'll work with the elite. It's like, yeah, dude, of course you will. You're the one that fucked up. Zach's exactly right about that. And if you didn't listen, I recommend listening to last week's podcast. Uh, these, you know, they're they're a talented bunch. It's great that I know I can drive the car without smashing it too much and then bring it back and be like, it's all good. You're like, uh, you're like... The way you thought you drove it was like Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it actually shows him driving when he's on the Quaaludes, he's like, bomb, 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 <laughs> give me the loots. We're uh, good, we're good. No, I'm kidding. But um, listen, if, the, if, if you're Tony Khan and your solution to getting CM Punk back is I'm going to start a whole new show and it's going to be based around CM Punk... You probably have overthought this a little bit too much because a CM Punk can't stay healthy. I mean, the motherfucker can't stay healthy. B he can't get along with anybody. C if the elite aren't willing to work with CM Punk, who's the real fucking problem here? Like, okay, if the elite versus CM Punk is the money feud. I would think it's the money feud. And the elite aren't willing to do it? Then I think that's on the elite. Because, listen, if Matt Hardy and fucking Edge can get along, along, if Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett can get along. Right, I wouldn't even say get along, can can do business. If you've, right, do do business. Have a match where you're keeping everybody safe. Right. You know, Bret Hart has said that Shawn Michaels came up came to him before the matches leading up to the Montreal Screwjob and was like, hey, if you fuck with me out there, I'm going to fuck with you right back. They managed to make it work, right? If you can't have these fucking, you know, forgive me, Eddie Kingston, for getting too inside on this, <laughs> but if you have these fucking babies that can't do business to make everybody some money, if, that's, if they are that adamant about not working with CM Punk, then you either have to fire CM Punk or you you have to get your guys in line. Okay, so obviously you weren't here last week, so I'll just ask you the same questions I asked Zach. Let's just cut to the chase. If you had the choice, would you want CM Punk back on AEW television? No, I mean, like, that's that's the other thing is that, like, no, I'm like, the way that I am as a fan, and this is just completely yeah, me. this is you. This is me as a fan. This is me as a Mark. I'm done with CM Punk. I've seen everything he can do. I don't think he has anything more. 
like the idea, and I was thinking about this while I was listening to you guys on my way out to work uh, a couple days ago uh, on on my commute, and I was thinking like, man, okay, CM Punk is just gonna come back, come back and cut some. Okay, so now he's gonna be a big heel, right? Okay, so he's gonna come back as heel. He can't come back as a babyface, right? I don't think so. I haven't even thought that far down the line, but man. To be perfectly uh, so, honest, so let's no, I mean, no, we can play it out right now. I, if, okay. if he came back right now, he comes back as a heel, and he cuts. I would his, think he would he come cuts, back as a heel. He cuts the same smug ass promo that he's been cutting for. Years and years, he cut it in WWE so many times over and over again. He took seven years off. He came back. He cut it in AEW so many times, but he cut it as a baby face. It's basically a heel promo, though. Right, but just everybody liked except, him so except much. Except he smiled. Right. Right. No, I mean, everybody he, liked him so much that he, he was, was so just, over. Better choice was. He was smiling was. the whole time. He's just smiling. It's like he was over so much that it, it didn't feel heelish. It came off baby face but it was heelish and he he is a heel he's an asshole like he you know the thing that gets lost in this a lot is like he went after Cole Cabana and Cole Cabana's mom Cole Cabana's like yeah I have a fucking bank account with my mom because I'm trying to help out my mom like listen I work in finance it's not that unusual right. for a son to have a bank account with his single with with a mother who is either widowed or single or something like that. That's later not that, in, her, in her years or whatever right, the case may right. be. Right, as she's an older person, like yeah. that is not very unusual. And CM Punk went to it like a dig, and that is twice to me. That's more heelish than anything he said about. Uh, uh, about the elite because Coca Bana or just, Adam Page in that scenario, he's not he's not taking advice. So, you, so you're going to shame Coca Bana for trying to help his mom out for making more money than his mom? You know, retirement is hard. This is to take it from somebody who works in retirement and works with elder elder people and their finances. Right. Like that's a hard thing for older people to do, and like it's it's really difficult and like hard to sustain for a lot of people. And there's Fucking medical bills and uh, oh, uh, and you know uh, healthcare in this country is fucked. And his mom, if Cole Cabana is my age, forty three or forty four years old or forty five or whatever, let's say his mom's seventy five. For CM Punk to go out there and fucking call that out, no, I look at him. I don't even look at him as a heel in wrestling in kayfabe style. Kayfabe I look style. at him as a heel, like what a fucking real life, asshole. Yeah. You're just a dick, and it just makes Cole and it, it like. It makes me think that Cole Cabana was right the whole time. time. So if Cole Cabana's saying, hey, CM Punk said he was going to pay these bills for me, and CM Punk said I never said that, well, you know what? I would lean towards Cole Cabana being right. Nobody likes CM Punk. Everybody likes Cole Cabana. So who am I going to believe? You know, if you meet an asshole in the morning, you meet an asshole. If you meet assholes all day, you're You're the the fucking asshole, asshole, man. So, no, I, I don't care to see CM Punk again. I don't really care to see him wrestle again. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, that's how fucking hardcore I feel about it. I think I just think that he's a fucking dick. Maybe that's me being a mark, but I can only tell you, uh, truth be told, I'm a mark, and... Oh, we all are. We're all marks. I just... Well, fuck CM Punk, man. I, I just say it like this, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll stick to it because I said it last week. I'll say it this week. I get it. For the money... I'm not, and I don't know if it's going to be like FTR and the and Punk versus the lead or whatever. It, it, that pr- probably sounds like the safest match to do because FTR would kind of get it. I don't think that they would get into the emotional roller coaster that's already been there. They're punk guys, or at least Dax is a punk guy. You know, Cash is just going along with Dax because that's his partner. That's kind of if you're going to really 
truly try to sell out 90,000 seats at Wembley Stadium. That's another thing I haven't been able to talk about is the I was Wembley good, Stadium th- thing. Okay, I was getting ready to set you up for that. It's, if it, you're going to do that, that's a match that can put more asses to seats. They're talking about Punk versus Jericho. Punk versus Jericho does not move the needle. Not not like it's... Not like it should have done like 10 or 15 years ago. Now it's kind of like, okay. Well, we've seen it. We saw that at WrestleMania. Like, yeah, we've we did seen, see it at WrestleMania. We've seen yeah, Punk right. versus Jericho. Right. When Jericho busted the Jack mm-hmm. Daniels thing on top of his mm-hmm. head, but it broke in his hand because it was candy glass. Yeah, yeah, good call. I for, totally forgot about that, Bill. Um, yeah, then more so to my point. If you re- I think Wembley's 90,000. If you do 50, 60,000, that's. That's a nice little chunk of change for AEW to put in their pocket. 90000 is a nice – WWE didn't do that. The only match that I want to see CM Punk come back for – Okay, there you go. Punk Omega. It's the only one I want to see. That's the only one. That's That's the one with the most shoot elements to it. It's the one that has the most intrigue to me. I want to see them – if they can, if they can do it inside, I want to see the promos leading up to it, and it's blending the uh, the shoot and the kayfabe. That's the match I want to see. If they can't do that match, and if they're going to do Omega Osprey again, at Wimbledon Omega Stadium, Osprey would probably well, that was the one match that feels like it's going to happen. But I mean, what what other match would you like to see Punk fight at this time? At the, no, I agree with you. It's just when do you do the match? Wembley or fuck off. I would fire CM Punk. Are there really that many CM Punk marks yes. out there? Yes. Still? Yes. When I I, I had a, I, I guess well, it was a couple weeks ago. Really? I was just like, you know, for me, and I put it on Twitter. I guess it was after Dynamite or whatever. And I was just like, for me, you know, CM Punk is kind of, you know, I'm over it. If he comes back, you know, I get it. It's best for business. You know, you sell a bunch of tickets. For me personally, I'm over. And, like, you know, this guy, one guy's like, oh, you're crying like a little bitch. You know, there are CM Punk fans well, out there. Well, that's one guy on Twitter. No, it's actually two guys, but then. Uh, two I guys mean, on Twitter? Yeah, but I'm just saying there are CM Punk fans out there. They're hardcore. They're rabid like this. And if the right button is pushed, they will respond. For me, like I said, I don't want him to come back because ultimately if he comes back for this Kenny Omega match and then you keep him around, the track record is there. He is Draymond Green. You know what you're getting into when you bring Draymond Green over. The truth is, if you're talking about Wembley Stadium, and like I think 50,000 would be a, a triumph yeah. for them. Yeah, I think without 40, question. 40,000 would be a triumph for them yeah. probably. Um. They're not going to do ninety thousand. No, I but, think that's that's asking a lot. Right. What um, what? I think seventy is probably like the max. But, I mean, if you're Tony Khan though, and you're, and you, I mean, he, he obviously is going to go all out. Yeah. You know. Uh, Omega Osprey, just doesn't. That's that's forbidden door. That doesn't move the needle. And as much as I, I mean, that's my match of the year thus far was Omega Osprey at Agreed. Wrestle Kingdom. Agreed. Well, I, we gushed over it. Yeah. Over and over and over yep. again. Yeah, I'll still gush over it right now. Best and match it, I've seen and, all year long. And it's been a good year of matches so far, too. Without question. Um, Punk Omega is the match. 
it's enough intrigue to where. And if you can't do that, fire his ass, send him back to Chicago to his little apartment like Carrie in succession. Oh, see, you ain't shit. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing that match. It's it's basically the two guys that are like the 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 head, you know, figureheads on each side, and it's a match that we haven't seen. Well, yeah, you don't want to see like it's not going to be Punk versus, versus Nick, Nick Jackson or Punk versus what's the other one? Ezekiel. <laughs> it's it's got to be Punk. It's got to be Punk versus Omega. That's it. That's the no, match. I agree. And then if you can do that and kind of weave in an AEW storyline to it, I'm all for it. Like I said, for me, I just I know how this movie is going to end. I've seen it before. And I hate to be the guy that's, you know, there's smoke, there's fire. But in this case, we've seen it. Where there's smoke, there's fire. No, where there's fire, there's fire. There's fire, dude. (laughs) Like, we've seen the fire. You brought him over. We haven't seen the smoke. He did it in front of us. Okay, that's what I'm saying. You brought him over, and now he just literally put the locker room in flames, and then space was like, okay, you guys figure this shit out. To Tony Khan's credit. We did say when it happened, hey, Vince would make uh, lemonade out of lemons. You know, Vince would Vince would try to turn this into an angle. Tony Khan is obviously trying to turn this into something. Making a whole new show for CM Punk when he's going to get, get hurt three weeks from now. And then what happens? What happens when you have a pay-per-view? Are, you gonna, are these guys going to be in the same locker room together? Right. These fucking babies that can't work together? No, you can't Fuck have the same they, locker they room. They have different... Well, why not? They're prof- they're supposed to be professionals. They ain't gonna be in the same locker room. Fuck all that. Absolute fucking bullshit. Well, hold on, tell me, tell me. Unprofessional bullshit. Thank well, you. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I say, I know oil and water don't mix. Omega and Punk probably should be oil and water. You just keep them separate. Do that. What? Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels were in the same fucking locker room. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Then at that point, by well, all they, means, they were professionals. These ain't professionals, though, okay? What do you Clearly. Mean? Because they got into a goddamn backstage fight with a no, fucking dog but, in the goddamn but, but, middle listen, of this shit. Listen, I'm sure I'm sure if you talk to Jericho, Jericho probably has tons of stories about wrestling being in programs the guy they didn't necessarily get, a jo- get along with. It happened with Goldberg, we know for sure. You know, if you gave Jericho fucking sodium pentothal and said, <laughs> well, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? What do you think about Vladimir Kozlov? What do you right. think about... There might be guys that he doesn't like, but he's a fucking professional. So, if... Uh, and I understand Zach's point is being like, well, of course, Punk would say it because Punk's got to make money. Punk's probably fucking working the fry side somewhere right now. Whatever. But, if you got, but then you also have the elite, and they're saying no, and these are EVPs. Either you listen to them, you fire them, or you make it work. Those are the three options. I would love to. I would love to think it's that simple. It's not. If, if it was, it, we wouldn't be arguing about this. We I, really wouldn't. You be. know what? I, I said I wasn't going to do this. I'm sick of talking about CM Punk. Let's move on. Let's get to that three count. One. JCB, what's the three count? Uh, let's talk about WWE. Get that nonsense out the way. Um, Might as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, SmackDown, kind of uneventful. Just some things to kind of touch on. Um, Xavier Woods, your boy, beats LA Knight. Um, I guess the latest rumor with LA Knight is he's going to win the Money in the Bank coming up here in a couple months. Um are you down? Clearly, you're shaking your head. You don't even want LA Knight to win the Money in the Bank. No, I would love LA Knight to win the Money in the Bank, and I think that the, that's a good use of 
L.A. Knight. I think L.A. Knight would be uh, like the idea of L.A. Knight walking around with Money in the Bank is fun to me. I think that he is uh, a star. I love L.A. Knight. Um, I guess what I'm shaking my head at right. is uh, the rumors. Like, I guess, you know, it's it's no fun to hear rumors like that. You know, like when Trish turned heel, that was that was rumored like a month ago, and right. Trish turned heel, and it's just it's so anticlimactic. So that sucks that we heard that. Uh, at the same time, they can always change their mind at the last minute, True story. Which, which they do quite quite a bit. often. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I would I would love for either L.A. Knight or Bronson Reed to win the Money in the Bank, and I think. That those would be two pretty good guys to hang on to it. Um, we'll get to Bronson Reed later, I'm sure. But so, just a quick follow up question. Um, let's just say, for the sake of argument, Roman is the champ, and L.A. Knight wins the Money in the Bank. Are you okay with him being in the the next failed guy? What I would assume being the next failed guy if Roman is the champ. Yeah, as long as it elevates him a little bit, as long as he gets to talk a bunch of shit on the way there and cut a bunch of promos, Ellie Knight's a great promo. I don't think that anybody anybody would no. argue anybody would argue with that. I like, think he's one of WWE's best talkers. Totally agree. Um, if Bronson Reed were to win it, I know that's not what you said, but we can go that route too. Bronson Reed has beaten Okada. I know that doesn't mean shit in WWE world, but I would love to see. Bron- I think Bronson Reed is. Uh, fucking studs so either one of those guys win money in the bank would be cool LA Knight being the next failed guy uh to Roman Reigns would be fine with me but LA Knight could also you know I those belts might be split by then you know that they they might be doing that with the draft. They might be splitting the belt get, with the get, draft. You stole my next thunder. We talked about the draft last week. I said possible <clears throat> breakups coming in the draft. Um, and I agreed with, uh, you know, driving down Highway 70, listening to Zach. I was like, yep, I agree with Zach. I would love for them to get rid of the draft completely unless they do it consistently. Like it needs to be on the it needs to be the same week every single year. And they need to do it like a sports draft, like an actual sports draft. Like, it can't just be, oh, and, and now Adam Pierce is drafting for both shows? What do you mean he's drafting for both shows? Adam Pierce is in charge of both shows. Like, on Raw, they talk to the Street oh, Profits. Oh, okay, so he's basically going to be like, you know, and basically. This person's on Raw, this person's on SmackDown. Well, no, I'm just like, in, in like, in sports terms, he'll be in both war rooms of Raw and SmackDown right. and helping. Okay. Right. Now, okay, that I agree. That That's just stupid. It's okay. Stupid. It, it, you should have the second, quote, unquote, authority figure for the other show and then have them kind of like w- with Vince and uh, Bischoff back in the day. Well, when Baron Corbin came, I don't know if you saw this on, on Raw because I know Raw is three hours long. It's hard to keep track. of. It. It's hard to fucking watch it the whole time. But, um the Street Profits were backstage, and Baron Corbin came out, and he said, well, you know, sometimes tag teams get split up at the draft, and they were like, oh, we're going to go talk to Adam Pierce." They weren't like, oh, we're going to go talk to Adam Pierce and the other person. Yeah, we're so only gonna go, or whatever. Yeah, we're going to go talk to Stephanie McMahon or right. Kurt Angle or Mick Foley or whoever the fuck at Steven Regal. They were like, we're just going to go out. We're going to go talk to Adam Pierce. It's just – it's kind of dumb. Well, I mean, it's – I, I don't think getting rid of the draft 
completely. Listen, the brand split's kind of dumb. But I will say that Tuesday, when I was at work and I was typing away on my computer, doing my fucking nine-to-five rat race shit, (laughs) and I watched SmackDown and Raw back-to-back with my headphone in my ear on my iPhone, and I'm just watching it, you know. It seemed like the exact same show because the Usos and KO and Sami Zayn basically opened and closed both shows, which I get. They're the biggest stars. And I also get that people don't watch every single show like we do, which is where my big Royal Rumble rant came from. It's like, of course you guys know it because you guys watch fucking everything. But not everybody does that, and they're probably doing it for people that don't watch everything. Yeah, very good point because KO and Sami came out, opened the show. Usos came out to interrupt. Um, that was a uh, an interesting point in the show where Heyman basically said that the tribal chief was losing patience with you guys and talking. I guess talking about the Usos, but looking at Sammy and Ko. So the breakup of the bloodline is is happening. But it's it's not as as fast happening, and it's kind of almost like you know. In this case, it was like behind the scenes because if you weren't paying attention, you were just thinking he was talking to Sammy and Ko. But if you were watching Paul Heyman, he was looking at the Usos. So basically, firing that warning shot. Sammy basically said it at a later point. I can't remember it was on SmackDown and Raw, and this is where you know the shows blend. Where Sammy was like, you know, you were just, you know, seconds away from, I think he was talking to Jay on Raw, you were seconds away from just getting the uh, Samoan Spike laid down from Solo Sokoa. So in that scenario, you can see it happening. They made the deal, they being the bloodline made the deal with Judgment Day. We'll talk about that, obviously. So that uh, went left. I'm glad you brought up the Samoan Spike, 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 because I want to talk about Solo Sokoa. Um, He was clearly. The difference maker at re- at the WrestleMania main event. Oh, yeah. He did the Samoan spike on Cody Rhodes to finish him off. They are keeping him strong as fuck. One loss, Cody Rhodes. That's cool. I like having a guy at the top of the card. I mean, I know he's not fighting at the top of the card necessarily for belts, but he is in. He is on television a, a lot. lot. And he wins. And he's he's associated with the bloodline. He's the bloodline enforcer. I don't think that and then and that's the difference between like the Sola Sokoa become world champion before either one of the Usos. God, I hate you right now. <laughs> that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um obviously Jay is the one that is the between the Usos could be the one that would win the title first. Right. You can basically take... It's Jay versus Solo who wins the title first. No 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 disrespect to Jimmy. Jimmy. But it is Jay versus Solo. Especially the way they told this story. I will say if you made... If you put me at gunpoint and made me choose... Fuck me running. Um, I'm going to say Jay Uso. And I I don't say that with conviction at all. I'm going to say Solo with Heyman as his Somewhere down the line, I can totally see that, too. And the fact that they're keeping him strong. How much story is there for for Roman to pass down the tribal chief title 
to the youngest brother. Or if he just takes it, like, you and know. Then ha- well, and then have the youngest, right. Or if he just takes it and then have the younger brother, who's nine years younger than the Usos, be the tribal chief and have the older brothers, brothers. have to be like, okay, what the fuck are we going to do? I got I mean, two younger brothers. Yeah. And one, one of them's 11 years younger. And if you he wanna, was, if you he wanna, was in uh, charge, <laughs> I'd have a problem with it. Okay, there you go. So, that, I mean. I'd and, whoop his No, he'd whoop my ass. I mean. I'd and and I think that's kind of the. The evolution of the bloodline storyline past WrestleMania, where we thought that the bloodline was going to implode and they didn't, and we were worried about what was going to be next. And now you have these spinoff storylines bloodline and Judgment Day on Monday night, bloodline and uh, KO and Sammy on uh, Friday nights, or whatever the case may be. You bring in uh, Matt Riddle, and obviously, we'll talk about Riddle and uh. Solo Sokoa at on the main event. So I mean, there's it's still like it's as much as people are might be mad about Cody and how it didn't happen. There's still another storyline or two that's fresh that keeps the bloodline going. From that point, obviously they'll figure out who Roman loses to at some later point. But the bottom line is at least for the next week or so leading up to Backlash. Um, I was going to say Forbidden Door, but uh, Money in the Bank, whatever the other pay per view is, they're definitely they're definitely keeping it interesting. Yeah, and that's all I can ever ask. At this point, I expected this to be totally different, and it's not. So I'm willing to let this go on. This is something I was going to ask you. You still think Vince is in control? No, no. I think he came back, and it was kind of like a make a wish. They were like, "Oh yeah, grow a mustache." Uh, <laughs> Now you got hair. Okay, go ahead and take take charge of a raw one time. Make everybody hate it, and then uh, go go back to your bunker, dude. You said, you said make a wish. You crazy as hell. Um, Listen, no disrespect to kids that need to make a wish. I mean, just I mean, fuck Vince. Uh, you say sit here. This is your one time this year. Make it fast and shut the fuck up. Too bad it's the three hour show. Um, Damian Priest beats Santo Escobar. Kind of sets up, you know, more Judgment Day and... All right, let me ask you about this. Okay. My friend. Um, the LWO is a new... Th- is back, and they kind yeah, of... I was going to say it's not a new thing. They kind of didn't announce it, though. They were just like, oh, they started wearing LWO shit, right? Actually, no. They, uh, on SmackDown, it was like maybe two... It was before WrestleMania. They said it was LWO? Ray came out. They he brought out uh, Gal del Fantasma at that point, and was like, you know, hey, you know, I appreciate you guys saving my ass. This is for us. They're think, the LWO. Do you think the the crowd in Puerto Rico? I'll say it like Donald Trump. Puerto Rico. <laughs> you couldn't be any more white than who you are right now. I, I sent our friend uh, one of our last. Communications, me and uh, our friend Jack Stevens, who passed away tragically uh, about three three weeks ago. One of our last things, I sent him a clip of Donald Trump going, Puerto Rico, <laughs> Puerto Rico. <laughs> I know Jack didn't have a ball with that motherfucker. Oh, he, he loved it. He loved it. It was so funny. He's like watching the, the cat play with the toys. He's like, oh, this is great. He's like, oh, the fuck away. Go away. Puerto Rico, but do you think it's a little condescending to them to be like, "Hey, we're bringing back the L- LWO basically for this 
pay-per-view. You think they're going to be the LWO at SummerSlam? Or do you think they're going to take off the LWO? No, I I, I would be kind of surprised. In in my non-humble opinion, I think it's going to be Bad Bunny and Ray versus Dom and Damian Priest. Oh, I think we're getting Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest one-on-one. And hopefully that place is going nuts. Listen, Bad Bunny, we've seen him wrestle a couple times. He is an exceptional part-time wrestler Mm. uh, who... If it wasn't for Logan Paul, we would still be talking about how great he is. That that is true. I mean, and Pat McAfee, we're and Pat we're, McAfee we're in for a, that matter. and Stephen Amell, we're in a new era of celebrity wrestlers. Stephen Amell is probably the the one that's well. Okay, who's better, Stephen Amell or Bad Bunny? Um, well, I'll. This is a cop out. I mean, they're equal. They're about to, to me. They're about the same. You you have me at gunpoint. They, they both take it seriously. Yeah, they both take it seriously. They're if you both, had me at gunpoint, I would say Stephen Amell. They're both, barely. They're both obviously fans, and they're not there to joke around. They are there to have matches. Yeah. And Bad Bunny is one of the biggest stars in the fucking world, man. Without question. So we got choke slammed like a motherfucker on Monday night. <laughs> Shut this shit up. <laughs> good for him, man. No, like, it's I, no, I, it's I, it's great. I honestly wouldn't even be mad if at Backlash that was the main event. Like, I would be, be surprised if it wasn't. Just because I know that place is going to be going fucking nuts for him, and he Dom is hot as a heel, and he he obviously him and Damian Priest are obviously boys. Yeah, so they're going to have a match, and I'm I'm glad for Damian Priest too because Damian Priest didn't get his WrestleMania thing, but they were probably like, "Hey, you're going to have this big match in Puerto in, Rico." In Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. you ain't shit. Nigga. I'm just doing. Feel <laughs> <laughs> like Donald Trump. You ain't shit, dude. I swear to God. No, I, I think I, it's just just for the record. Please. I mean, fuck Donald Trump. Okay. Fuck. Adolf Hitler and fuck Ku Klux Klan. That was See? just that was just I know it's obvious, but, but like if this is your first if this is your first BFR and you're still listening, right. God Thank bless you. You. <laughs> <laughs> you are glutton for punishment. But yes, always uh fuck but, Trump, uh, fuck Hitler, fuck the Klan. You know, if it, in if, no particular if the crowd's going nuts for it, which I expect them to do, then uh I'm uh, that, that being the main event, I I don't mind at all. No, I think I think Bad Bunny in especially this scenario, if Roman's not especially if Roman's not defending the belt. I don't think he will be. I think that's going to be the sod. That's the you one. You remember when they stripped the belt from Naomi because she didn't defend it within thirty days? Yep. Okay. All right. So um, uh, so yeah, Nakamura's comeback. He he beats um, Riddick Moss back. Bad uh, Cat Moss, Riddick Moss, whatever. Nakamura apparently says backstage he's back from Japan after beating the Great Muto, Keiji Muto, however you wanted to call this man. Uh, he's back for titles. So many many moons ago, there was a point where Nakamura and Roman Reigns crossed paths when Roman Reigns was the champion. I believe he was just SmackDown champion at the time, and there was a possible talk of the Nakamura Roman Reigns title match at that point. Now it feels like we might be going back to that again. Um, I'm pretty sure that we've already done Nakamura versus Gunther. Yes, we did. Now that I'm thinking about it, Gunther won that match. So, so for me, this is a scenario where it's Nakamura or bust at this point. We just talked about Saudi being the next event where Roman Reigns is possibly going to defend the title. 
Would you be okay with Nakamura, Roman Reigns at Saudi? Of course. Yes. Of course. If Roman Reigns is going to have a 26-minute match in Saudi with Logan Paul and it blowing the roof off the place, uh, a, a roofless place, uh, <laughs> then yes, of course. I But I do want to see a 20-minute 20, 20 match between Nakamura. I Nakamura is one of the most under underutilized, healthy WWE wrestlers there is. Of course, I'd love to see it. Of course, you 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 phrase that very well. <laughs> healthy WWE wrestler. Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm thinking about AJ Styles. No, for sure. Know? No, 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 no. No, I I totally agree with you. I I wouldn't mind seeing it. It would be the first time that we've seen Nakamura. In the main event title picture since AJ Styles, maybe even more so since maybe Jinder Mahal feels right as well. I mean, lest anybody forget, Nakamura fucking rules when he is let loose. And we haven't seen him let loose in WWE since his feud with AJ Styles, which Vince turned into a low blow feud. Right. Just inexplicably like you have two of the best wrestlers in the world and now they could just go 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 and now they're just kicking each other in the balls the entire time leave uh, it to vince yeah, god bless you leave it to vince main event matt riddle versus Solo god Sokoa. bless you god damn you <laughs> this is some good shit um so so obviously goes over me and, my bro- me and my brother always talk about that uh <laughs> that barack obama's preacher the oh, Reverend, yeah, the Reverend yeah. right? Where he's like, "God bless America, goddamn America." <laughs> Can you say that in the same sentence? I probably here. I he probably shouldn't be saying that, but that's oh, God what's above. What's the difference between me and him? You can't figure it out. <laughs> I can see a couple. What could it be? <laughs> I see two differences off the bat. A third now that I'm seeing this right now. Um, so Sokoa goes over Matt Riddle. Um, I guess we you haven't had a discussion of Matt Riddle yet. Um, he's now obviously come back. Probably the second week he's been back. Um, I got no problem with him being lumped in with uh, KO and Sami Zayn because they do see Matt Riddle. As a, I think that they see Matt Riddle as a future champion, or just Riddle. Right. Um, even if he never gets it, they see him as a top of the card type guy. They see him as a guy that the fans are behind and as a unique talent, uh, which is the same way I see him. So I'm completely fine with him being there. I kind of liked his backstage segment with Sammy and KO. I can't remember. Like, like we said, I can't remember which show it was, right. but where where he was just a little bit more serious. He's like, I think that was raw. He 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 told KO, he's like, you don't think that I remember? He's like, I remember what they did to me. He's like, I yeah, I'm out there to win, and so I would like to see him take shit a little bit more seriously. I wouldn't mind seeing him get a match against Roman Reigns. Give me the pencil. He can't do it anymore, huh? Riddle can't have a match against uh, Roman Reigns as long as he's a champion. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Sorry. I was going to say. I, I, I saw where you were getting ready. I, at least, Did you see where I was going? Maybe. But go ahead. You I got the pencil. Say, he's go ahead. Re- he's getting ready to win, and then Orton comes out with an RKO out of nowhere, and that's Orton's big return. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say. I got and then, I, I, and then Orton I, I, goes I on another it. heel run. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love where your mind's at. Is this. it weird? Is it weird that I kind of miss Orton? 
I, and I've always said about Randy Orton, he he makes it look so easy. Think about Randy Orton out there in the ring. Right now, if you With, had Randy Orton out there. No, hold on. Think about him out there in the ring. With Guevara, Jungle Boy, Allen, and MJF. Now, see, here you go. Come on, man. I'm just saying that, that that's why I called them the JV. I'm not lying. Like, I'm not lying about it. Like, that's actually how I feel. And I think that's how most people feel. Oh, I'm, I'm they, sure most people do feel like that. They don't seem big deal. They don't say they need, might be a big deal because, they okay, well, then fair enough. They need they, an they, order on, to elevate okay, them. Okay, well, then... If they're going to be on the JV, if they're JV right now, you know, Guevara, Bret Hart was JV at one point, we'll just keep it with WWE when? to make it, you know, simple and plain. Bret Hart was uh, JV at point. When? He was a tag team champion, or the tag team champion at, uh, at one point. Vince had no fucking plans for him until steroids came around. And then when steroids came around, then Bret Hart came around. If it wasn't for steroids and the U.S. government, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, a lot of these guys would never have gotten the chance. They would still be going with the bigger and better guys. Okay. So let's not sit up here and say that Bret Hart would have never got would have gotten a chance. He would have never gotten that chance, and it still kind of goes back to this day. But see Hart, Daniel Bryan, for Christ's sake. Of course, Daniel Bryan got made by guys like The Big Show and, and Mark Henry in WWE. In WWE, he got made by guys like that. Right? Because he was the small guy. Right. Right. So when you have a bunch of small guys all talking to each other, that's why I say it looks like the lollipop guild. Because there's no one there's nothing there's no friction. They're all the same size. The friction is A, the the verbal friction that's going to go with it, and then B on the back end of it, we saw the match with you don't have to hold it. We saw the match with um uh, Guevara and Jack Perry, first time match, good match. So now all you're going to do is take that and piggyback it on matches that we've seen before, where the stakes are just going to get raised. Of course, it'll be good okay. Match. So let's just jump back to WWE for a second. Before, after Hulk Hogan and all these other jokers were gone, you still you had Bret Hart, you had Shawn Michaels. Stone Cold is not necessarily the biggest guy in the world. He's arguably and my ass and my. He's a, he's about Bret Hart size, and he's arguably the biggest. He was arguably the biggest star for about a decade, yeah. and arguably, in your words, the biggest WWE yeah. star ever. Yeah. And he's what six two? Oh, that's my words to say. Stone Cold look, is the biggest a, WWE star ever. Look, oh, what a what a oh, I'm really out on a limb. You know who else they had? The fucking Undertaker. Okay, that's great. You're gonna have to have those big guys to you know help the little guys get over, so it makes it look but the little guys, realistic. But the little guys get over by going over the big guys. MJF is not going to get over at all. Going MJF over is over. The other guys have hold, to get over. Hold on a second, though. But MJF is not at the place right now where he can get other guys over. He can't get those guys over. At no, least. he could get Wardlow over because Wardlow looks like a serious fucking badass. But when you're talking about Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara, and he's supposed to get these guys over as main event heavyweight contenders, that's a joke. Like, I, give me, I, I, I took the truth serum. I just smoked the weed. 
That's a joke, man. He's not going to be able to get these guys We're over. We're not asking that's him to get these guys over. We're asking him to put them on a level playing field where you can. He's look not going to do that either because he's going to because he's going to win. You know, obviously he's going to win. Shenanigans or no, he's going to win. It's not going to make Darby Allen look any better. Having Darby Allen cut down Jungle Boy doesn't make Jungle Boy look any better. Having those guys call Sammy Guevara a piece of shit doesn't make Sammy Guevara look any better, especially if you know Sammy Guevara's tendency to be a complete fucking shit starter in a shit-ass backstage, which he obviously is because – what you watch AEW all except? No, I used to watch. <laughs> no, I won't watch that yet. But I will say this: that Sam McVeigh is the reason that Andrade is not around anymore, and Andrade is ten times the professional. Wrestler okay, so then, okay, let's see. Okay, we we're getting ready to go down another rabbit hole. Let's just let's jump to Raw because that's that's a whole another rabbit hole. Bloodline Judgment hey, Day. <laughs> what? Grow the fuck up! Never. Bloodline Judgment Day opened up raw. Uh, obviously, both sides are making deals with the devils. Bloodline needs to take out, obviously, um, Jesus Christ, who does uh, Judgment Day hate? Uh, Ray Mysterio and that bunch. And then on the flip side, Judgment Day needs to break down Sammy K.O. and Matt Riddle. One side does their job, the other side doesn't. And that's what the great part about it is. You don't really see heel factions work together, number one. And number two, in this scenario, like I said, Bloodline has at least intriguing storylines going forward. Go yeah. ahead. The most, the best part of that segment that opened up where the Bloodline was out there and Judgment Day came out and Heyman was like, whoa, whoa. He's like, I brokered this. I brokered this. And then they went down the line and Rhea Ripley and Solo Sokoa were staring at each other. And they were like, they were they wanted to fight each other. And Heyman's like, is everything okay here? And Rhea goes, for now. Right. That, that was the baddest-ass part of that segment. Um, intergender wrestling is a, it's a divisive topic. I know that there are people that... Don't like it because it looks like when uh, the female is selling, it looks like a guy beating on a woman. Right. Totally get it. Uh, solidarity with survivors, all that shit. Like, honestly, like not even being flippant. I totally get it. But. Yeah, yeah go ahead and say when it. You're, when, <laughs> you're ta- when, you're ta- when you're talking about professional Let's wrestling. Let's do it. Let when, fight. You're, when you're talking about professional wrestling, it's obviously all a work. It might as well, you might as well be watching a fantasy show. Like, because guys do superhero stuff and little guys beat big guys. Like, right. it is kind of a fantasy show. Right. <laughs> so, Rhea Ripley versus Sola Sokoa was the match I never knew I wanted. Until and when they then. were And when they were staring at each other and Rhea was like, fuck you, like staring at Sola Sokoa. So, so, pulled out his hook was like. The fuck are you staring at, bitch? Dude, <laughs> that's a match I would watch. That is a match I would watch. I'm like, man, I watch, I'm listening to him and I watch him, and then all of a sudden he kind of stops. And like you say, he's like, is everything okay? <laughs> I was like, you know, you know what's cool about Solo Sokoa is that, uh, and this is cool about all of the bloodline, but Solo Sokoa sells like a motherfucker. When he gets hit, he's like, oh, I'm hit. Okay, he's going down. Yeah, he's going down. So, I think that Solo Sokoa versus Rhea Ripley, that's actually the match I want to see. No. That would be awesome. 
Don't get me wrong. Also, would I, I, I would I, I be lying if I said I would watch this? Well, I wouldn't watch this shit. I would watch it. I yeah, would watch, watch it everything. No, I didn't watch Brock versus Omos. I would watch that before <laughs> That's Brock the only versus Omos. <laughs> yeah, right. In 2023, I watched 60 million matches, but Brock versus Omos. <laughs> it was a weird flex. I'll be honest. Um, but Rhea Ripley, and I also heard what you guys were saying, or what Zach said uh, about me with my. Me, I was talking about how Charlotte's probably the best woman wrestler ever. And he's like, well, there's 10 better in stardom or in Japan. That might be true in ring. No doubt. But professional wrestler is the pageantry, too. Uh, Charlotte has a big presence, knows how to grab the attention. And when she needs to, she also has crazy fucking matches. Now... I watched the only two matches I watched from that Sakura Genesis is because you guys were talking about them. Was well, I watched Sonata Okada, obviously, and then I watched the Saber match, mm-hmm. Umino, and then I watched the uh, Mercedes Monet watch our match. And you, it was after I heard you guys say, "Well, Sasha looks slow." It's like, yeah, she looks slow against them, right. but that's not all that professional wrestling is. Professional wrestling. Did we not say that? Eh, well. I think that if you put Charlotte at number 11 or lower, then you're really not taking that into consideration when you talk about the best of all time. Because, yeah, there are 20-year-olds in stardom that move a lot faster than Charlotte that are probably do more moves than Charlotte. But, man, Charlotte knows what a big moment is, and Charlotte grabs that big moment. That Rhea-Charlotte match, I went back and watched WrestleMania. That Rhea Charlotte match was the best match of WrestleMania. And I think, I guess, if I'm going to retort on the, the fact of being a stardom fan, then I'll retort in this fashion. I'm not going to sit up here and say that Charlotte is not great. She is. But it's great in spots. He's heating up. It's, I'm not even going to heat up. It's great in spots. It's Wait, like, if they say, say I agree with you, say that Bill was right about Charlotte. You guys hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Mike might have gone out for a Yeah, second. I was getting ready to say that. Your cat said it for me. All right, go ahead. I'll just say this. If given the right opponent, I think Charlotte is great. Rhea, now I think we've all agreed upon this, really is a great opponent for Charlotte. I think Sasha's a great opponent for Charlotte. Bailey's not a great opponent for Charlotte. Becky's kind of been clunky at points. Absolute fucking bullshit. Name, okay, well then name me name me the best name me a great Bailey and Charlotte match. Name me a great Bailey and uh, or Becky and Charlotte match. Name me a great Ronda Rousey and Charlotte match. That's my point. No, I can't remember any. Matches okay, but at all. that okay, that's my point. I only remember like two Charlotte Sasha matches. That's were okay. you waiting for me to talk to? Yeah, that I'm asking. No, I'm, I got no, nothing I'm to asking, say. No, I'm asking you a direct question. Oh, I thought that was rhetorical. No, no, no I'm asking you no, directly. I'm, no, no. If if if, if she <laughs> is that great, Fuck then, no. then we should be. Then that should be boom, 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 boom. I don't remember anything though. Okay, so as much as I want to give give you credit, what month is the French Open in? Usually, it's like. April? May? If you told me December, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about <laughs> no. right. I don't fucking know. Uh, they, actually, they might have changed it, but neither here nor there. Um, What's the name of Seattle's XFL team? 
the Sea Dragons. I was just there on Sunday, so that you know. You were in Seattle on Sunday? No, I was at. Uh, they were here and uh, at the at the end or whatever. I've heard that before. I didn't know. <laughs> if you asked me two weeks ago, I probably wouldn't have known it because I was just there. That's why I know it. My point is, what this. is my Miami of Ohio's uh, nickname? I'm gonna take a guess because I can see it in my head. It's I think it's the Red Hawks. I don't know. I think it's the Red Hawks. All right, I'll give it I, to I, you. I, I, He's I think right. It's Hawks some shit. See, I remember in. shit. <laughs> That's my whole point. Okay, my, and I guess my point is this: if Charlotte is that great and she's in this top ten of the world, then we should be able to no, have of all time. Even more so to my point, we should be able to fire off fucking matches that Charlotte so, was great here, Charlotte so, was great here, wait, Charlotte was great here. Hold on, hold on a second. So of the ten people that you have ahead of Charlotte, you can name three good matches for each of them? I, if, you re- if you really wanted me to, like, you know, here's my top you ten can think list. Of, so this 20-year-old that was fighting. Azumi? Yeah, yeah, at, at Sakura Genesis. Oh, her and Starlight Kid off the bat. So right now, you have you can think of more good, great matches that she's been in than Charlotte. I would go this far. I'll go this far. Dude. No, no. If you if you want to if you want to bring it to the table, let's put nah. let's let's pull carpet to the table. I was trying to be funny for a bit, but now I'm like, wait, you guys are crazy. I'm not. That's insane. Call me crazy, then. So be it. I'll put that Starlight Kid and Azumi match next to Rhea Ripley and Charlotte WrestleMania. Of course. Okay. okay. So so it's not about you know oh she's twenty or whatever. It's no. about delivering no. the but goods. I'm not talking about the best matches of all time. I'm talking about the best career of all time. I'm saying Charlotte is 37, 38 years old, and she just keeps having these matches. She probably just had the best match of her life. Probably. And we just we we watched her hold the belt 14 times. I mean, with really good pay per view matches against Oscar, against Bianca Belair. Okay, I'll give you Bianca. I mean, against Sasha, she used to have raw matches against Sasha. Yeah, where she was doing submission moves like yes, and they bent each other over poles the whole nine yards. Yeah, yes. crazy matches. And then you have some clunkers. So I'm sorry. And they had the Sasha Becky Charlotte match that was don't 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 you bring up that WrestleMania main event? Don't you do it? Don't you do it? That is a negative, huge negative. What? what? What and and for you know if you're going to say how great Charlotte is, that's probably not the match you want to bring up. No, what I'm saying is the WrestleMania where Seth Rollins cashed in. The women's match was a triple threat match for the belt, and it was Sasha, Becky, and Charlotte, and that was actually the match of the night. You know what the common denominator it is? That's Sasha Banks. Yeah, I mean, Sasha Banks is great. Okay, that goes back to my point. Charlotte needs the right opponent. If she's that great, it shouldn't matter who the opponent is. But, I mean, how many opponents have you seen Azumi have? Several. Okay. All right, several. More than Charlotte? She's ran off a 10-match undefeated or 10-match title defense. So, yeah, I would easily – if she, if you're going to go with this, where Charlotte has, has won the title 14 times and Azumi has defended an the title take. 10 times, give oh, me a fucking break. I mean, yeah, I think I've seen Azumi wrestle plenty I'm, of different opponents like, over this 10-match, you know, defense the brain that we have the, going on over here. The and bar, she's 20, by the way, which on. is sick. Hold on. 
the bar that I'm asking you to jump is not very high. I'm just asking you to say she's 20, Charlotte's 38. At 38, Charlotte's still doing it. So if we're talking about the best women wrestlers of all time, aren't you going to take the fucking 15-year veteran over Look, the 20-year-old? Number one, I was not putting Azumi on this greatest wrestler of all time. I guess I'm it, talking to you like you're Zach. Exactly. Because, okay, okay, so number all one, right, let's, put, right. let's put that so, on the table. So where number you put two, Charlotte? I would st- How about this for number two? How about you put Charlotte on rank Charlotte? Then I'll talk to you. Of all time? Yeah, of all time. Women's wrestlers. Ranker, one out of ten. I guess she stopped ten. I guess. <laughs> if you want to go with 14 reigns, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, to me, I don't see. You got you got, uh, you got Moolah up there? No, God, no. You got Lita? No, Trish should be there before Lita, and Trish got, had one of the better promos got, of the night, and we got, didn't talk about Asuka? that yet. You got Asuka? Of all time, yeah. If we go, if we're going to talk about like everything they've done, then got, hell yeah. You got EO. I haven't seen enough of EO Shirai stardom to where I can speak on so that. So you guess that Charlotte is top ten? Which where in the top ten is she? Is she top nine? I mean, are we? Oh, you, you really want to get to this this minutia? Yeah, I want to. I I want to hear it because this. Is, because, okay, this so we're talking hold, about a, a list that I haven't even thought right. about. So okay, let's just go six through ten. How about well, that? Let's go six through ten. No, I only have one through five. Okay, fair enough. What, then who's the other four of all time? Oscar. Okay. All time. Kelly Kelly. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, see, that's my point. That's Mickey, my point. Mickey James. Mm-hmm. And Eve Mendes. Okay. Did you think I was going to give you a real tough five? I don't Not, give a fucking shit. I just want you to say that Charlotte has had a better career than Uzumi. She's 20 fucking years old. Number one. Number two, you're talking to the wrong man. And number three, I will put Uzumi against Uzumi and Starlight Kid versus Rhea and Charlotte any day and twice on Sunday. All right. What else do we have from WWE? Ray versus Solo. Solo goes over. Uh, Bianca and Dakota Kai. Bianca goes over. Dakota, obviously, uh, what is that? Damage control on the way out. It feel, obviously, it feels like EO is going to get, well, it shouldn't feel like EO is going to get the first chance, but the fractures from damage control getting ready to happen. Breakup getting ready to assume at some point. Cody calls out Brock. <clears throat> Excuse me. Brock comes out in. Jesus. Johnny Cash-ish uniform is what Absolute it is. Absolute fucking bullshit. How's that bullshit? Unprofessional bullshit. You burped in the mic. <laughs> Please. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, that's going down at uh, Backlash. I guess it is. I don't have a problem with this. Do you still have a problem with Cody going against Brock? Uh, what was my original take? That this was not the way you were supposed to be going. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. That doesn't mean I'm not going to watch the shit out of the match. I can't wait for the match. But, I mean, I it wouldn't have been my pick, but as a, it's a, it's a nice uh, runner-up prize to have Cody versus Brock. Jesus fucking Christ. Hey, I like watching wrestling. I don't know. I, this is a wrestling podcast, and those guys are going to be wrestling, and I'm into it. 
wouldn't be happening if Cody won the title, but neither here no, nor there. Well, no shit. I said it's not perfect. <sighs> Miss and Seth have a really good match, honestly. Um, we don't want to talk about Miss versus Seth? No. Okay, fair enough. Um, Sammy, uh, KO, and Riddle have the, the, uh, the backstage segment we're talking about. Lashley and uh, Austin Theory rematch for the U.S. title. I think there this is go. the third time that yeah. they went around. Yeah. Uh, this arguably was might have been the best of the three. Unfortunately, Bronson Reed comes out and destroys. Well, I wouldn't say destroys Bobby Lashley, but they end up fighting. Um, Bronson Reed versus Bobby Lashley is a fun backlash type of match. Let's see those dudes fight, man. I mean, Jonah rules. Bobby Lashley rules. I'm not disagreeing with that. I just so what? what I just you... think this should happen down the line versus right now. Oh my god, Jason! Build up Bronson Reed. Make it worth something life, versus just is, throwing him out there right now. Life is short. Let's watch these guys fake fight. I would love to just put some more money down on the middle of the table of, of, for you somebody that, like, that loves up. betting. Yeah. That, uh, the fact that you wouldn't want more money in the middle of the pot blows my motherfucking mind. It's not more money, though. It's fake fighting. They're, okay. They're just faking it. It's a it's a TV show. Okay. Hey, uh, speaking of TV shows, this is what I forgot to bring up. When Adam Cole called Jericho a jagoff, <laughs> Jericho's face was Perfect. probably the funniest thing I've it's the funniest that Jericho has ever been. There was one other face that I have saved on my phone that's just it's kind of like that. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, face? But, but it, he it, also knew that he was in on the joke. Oh, though. yeah, and he played into it. <laughs> it it's was, perfect. It was really, really, really funny. No, it's right. it's Jericho being Jericho. God bless him. Trish right. comes out. Let's hear what, let's hear your thoughts about Trish. I'm I thought this is I thought this was an amazing promo. You know, it it encompasses all things Trish. Before Trish, it was bra and panties. She was part of the bra and panties, you know, motion. But then, you know, whether she wants to admit it or not, her and Lita are the, I guess, the the standard bearers of what the women's division was back in, you know, my heyday as a kid, you know, back in the 90s. You know, that's Trish and Leader were the two women that you wanted to see wrestle. Other women were around them, and, you know, you always had, you know, women that would, you know, challenge the, for the title at some point, but it was always ultimately about Trish and Lita. Trish didn't want to hear no shit about that. Trish, Lita's not on my level. You know, if, if it wasn't for me, there wouldn't be, you know, a women's, uh, you know, raw women's title. There wouldn't be a SmackDown women's title. There wouldn't be Becky Lynch. There wouldn't be Bailey. I love the fact that Trish wanted to come out and get some props. Evolution is one of my favorite pay-per-views that WWE doesn't do anymore, and it's all women. If it wasn't for Trish, there probably wouldn't be an Evolution to be talking about to begin with. They only did one. Yeah, I know. I have two thoughts on this. Uh, do you want to hear the good news or the bad news first? Always bad news first. All right. So the bad news is Trish is wrong. Um, the uh, the women's revolution would have happened without Trish. Trish really didn't do anything for it at all. She had one main event on Raw. Uh, she wasn't very good. This promo was the best promo of her life, and it wasn't very good. Trish is not very good. I've seen most people with cr get crushed by people just saying what, Do you, just trying to mock, throw the wrestler off. Do you want? Trish was never thrown off. Do you want to hear the good news? Go ahead. 
the good news is I'm being nicer than I want to be because that shit was not good. Her whole run with WWE wasn't good. She wasn't nearly the wrestler that Lita was, not even close. Oh, okay. I mean, Lita actually did shit, though. Okay. Like, Lita did swantons and shit. Okay. Shooting stars. Okay. DDTs. Try to name more moves. Armbar. Uh, all right, Jericho. You 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 need me to write this shit down before you go down this thousand list of moves all right, that, that Trish had. I'm sorry, that Lita had. That was my good news and my bad news. Fair enough. Uh, Kenneth and Miriam versus Chelsea Ray Roll and Sonya Deville. Winner gets. I didn't burp into the mic, motherfucker. Winner gets Liv and. Raquel Rodriguez for the women's titles. Uh, heels win is what it is. Main event, Judgment Day versus KO, Sammy, and Riddle. The back end of what I thought was probably the, the most intriguing points of both Raw and SmackDown. Good guys go over. Judgment Day loses, but then you have the bloodline come in and try, and wreck some little havoc on the back end. I'm interested to see how SmackDown plays out because – one side sealed the deal and the other side didn't. And you have two heel factions that don't give a fuck about each other and have a little beef with each other. And I would really hope that at some point they talk about the Finn Balor breaking of the ropes match where Roman Reigns wins and Finn Balor is on the ropes and the ropes break. I would love for them to at least broach that. It's been at least a year. Let's talk about it for Christ's sake. Rap, put a little bow on that. That's for a me. That's a mystery GM, dude. It's nah, gonna be fuck all that. It's gonna be Hornswoggle. Mm-mm. In fact, it'd be funny if they actually hired Hornswoggle. To do okay, it. well at least we knew who the mystery GM was. Can we find out? You know, no, we don't. It was oh, because it was Hornswoggle. Yeah, but it wasn't. Well, the whole time they didn't know who it was going to be. They just started doing it. My point is this: we found out who the mystery GM was. I want to know why in kayfabe, kayfabe style, why the. Uh, the rope broke, and now we're now working with each other with two guys that probably can't stay each other. All right. I would like to see Damian Priest and Dom win the tag titles. I'd like to see Finn Balor win a title. I'd, I'd like to see Rhea hold a title. I always say this about factions. It's cool when factions hold all the titles. It worked with the bloodline. I wanted it to be uh, the Hurt Business. I thought that would have been fucking badass. But they obviously didn't want to do that. Um, Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, what could it be? <laughs> they all got. Well, you know, all the bloodline's not that, bloodline's not necessarily white. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm totally fucking. But you know what that. else? They ain't exactly black. <laughs> they right in that gray area. It's perfect, perfect for America. Yeah, I was gonna say that they, they could be. There's some mowing for Christ's sake. Leave them alone. There's an America Samoa out there. Um, all right. I have a actually. I do like Dom and Priest as tag team champs. Dom have, is hot as a heel. I have a huge confession for you coming over here. That's going to be our three count. Oh, Lord have mercy. One, you, you ain't got no more shots over there. <laughs> shots are done. <laughs> but, Give me this. We did. Hey, we just we're just gonna have a couple minutes of odds and ends. This is banned from ringside. All right, I'm gonna admit something to you. Okay. Um, I was watching. I have watched Ring of Honor, and I have watched, I watched Capital Collision. Like I've seen Fred Rosser wrestle a bunch. You know he was. Uh, don't say it. Don't say it. Okay. I've watched him wrestle a bunch. Okay. 
and I know that he's pretty cool with not res- like he doesn't want to go to Japan. They've invited him to Japan, and he's like, nah. He's like, you know what? I'm cool here. He like he he doesn't want to travel all the time. Okay, but he likes to wrestle in the states. Yeah, that's the thing about Fred Ross. Great about great thing about MP uh, MPJW Strong is the fact that he can yep. wrestle. In the states and is still under the New Japan flag. So, uh, did you watch Capital Collision? Yes, I did. So you saw where he bought the ticket for Tony Storm, <laughs> and he had a chair in the front row. Come Tony on, man, Storm, I got a feedback. Tony Storm is Juice hard. Robinson's wife, and Juice Robinson beats the fuck out of him. Right? I be whooped him like a dog. And then he comes out the next night, and Fred Rosser is this Fred Rosser is his name, and he's this black guy. He's probably. Daring Young to those that love WWE. That's what I didn't notice until today, is that I was watching. Hold on, don't tell me you faced it. Oh, he was fighting uh, Lance Archer. Yes. And Lance Archer goes, me and you haven't fought since like OVW, our Florida Championship Wrestling in 2009. And I looked at Fred Ross and I go, holy shit, that's Darren Young. <laughs> and Darren Young was part of the Nexus. That's you. I mean, not only was he the first uh, gay person to come out while signed with WWE. Obviously, that's number one. Which was a big deal at the time. Huge. And he was in the primetime players with that's Titus the, O'Neil. That's where it is. There it is. And, and Titus, and Dallas. Vegas and Dallas. Vegas and Dallas. Titus O'Neil, by all accounts, is one of the coolest motherfuckers. How they fucked that the, up is beyond even me. Tyson O'Neill, by all accounts, is one of the coolest motherfuckers in the company. Minus the fact he went to a shitty fucking college, but yeah. Miami? No, the other one. Florida? Yeah. Who the fuck cares about I do. fucking Florida college football? Team? I do. So, Darren Young was cool. He came out. Uh, they didn't bury him right away. He just kind of faded out. I think he got hurt for a second, didn't he? What are you talking about? Uh, when Darren Young was with WWE. They made, like, national news. They were like, pro wrestler comes yeah, out of the closet. 2013. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, it is crazy. He, he did. He wrestled for a little bit. Then they broke up the primetime players. I think he I, he just he got, he got faded away. I just can't remember, if it, like you said, if he got hurt. And then they just put him on the back I think shelf. He got hurt. And then they just, or just, you know. It was just too much. Millions, millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. dollars. Millions of dollars. <laughs> you fuck that up. That is so WWE. It be it blows my mind. Anyway, it's so he's a, silly he's a and big, it's so good. He's a big Ring of Honor guy now. He's a he uh, he wrestled in Ring of Honor, but he's he's for me he's more New Japan strong. He was the he was the most recent New Japan strong champion before he lost to Kenta. Juice Robinson got involved in that match. Hit him with um, roll quarters. Totally fun guy to watch. Yeah, and the, the fact that he's kind of reinventing himself into this singles wrestler, Fred Rosser, totally different than what he was as he was and Darren Young as the WWE guy. So, I All mean, right. in that scenario, yeah, it's, it's a nice little watch. So, I have three thoughts. Okay. And then we can be done. Okay. First thought. Remember, my last thought is going to be about Sonata. Okay. My first thought is I want a TMDK shirt. So my birthday's right around your birthday. Yeah, I was going to say. That so let's buy each other TMDK, TMDK shirts. Well, be actually, no, no, I want I want uh, United Empire because I'm I'm kind of getting on the Aussie Open bandwagon. It'd be different. We don't we don't have to have the same That's fine. T-shirts. That's fine. Oh, Ar Fox is really good about David, uh, against David Finley. Um, 
The, we didn't talk about Clark Connors. Are you? Did you? Are you okay with Clark Connors flipping to Bullet Club? Yeah, yeah I didn't sure. think you'd care that I mean, much. Bullet, Bullet Club. I mean, it's not. It's not sacred anymore. Like it's just like it's a faction. No, I'm just saying that. Oh, Clark Connors. Yeah, heel. Yeah, I no, guess that's ultimately. Cool. I think he fucking rules. I listen to him on Jericho's podcast, and I think that he's cool as shit. And I, he seems like an easy guy to root for. Okay, honestly. Um, and the other thing I was going to ask you about was, oh, two things: uh, Zack Saber Junior. versus Lawler. Did you watch that? Yes. <laughs> now that that's a that was those the guys, one. Time. Those guys could have done an hour of. Yeah, that. that that's that's the well. Two things. Now, as you said that, number one, I wish the match would have been, you know, a nine. Uh, world TV championship match would have been like, you know, 25, 20, 30 minutes, something like that. Yeah. But this was really the first time. And showing show Umino aside, showing Umino is great, but he wasn't going to win the title. This was the first time where I was like, man, ZSJ could lose it. I didn't think he would, but the way the match was playing itself out, Tom Lawler could easily counter anything and everything Zack Sabre Jr. can come that's, out with. That's the, that's, that's the other thing. It's that Tom Lawler is cool as fuck. And also, when you watch those TV title matches, you know you're getting ZSJ, and you know you're getting, like, hyperspeed t- ZSJ, where it's like... The last seven or eight minutes, it's on. What, every six seconds... He does. He doesn't yeah. move. If he doesn't tap you out in six seconds, he I'm moves doing something else. Move. And that's and, and that's really, the great part about. If you watch it and count, yeah. it's it's literally six or seven seconds at the most. It's remarkable. And then the last thing is, okay, so I told you at the beginning that I was cool with Sonata winning uh, the IWGP Championship, which I am. Like even the end of that match, and this is such a weird thing to bitch about, but Okada matches, and I'm saying this about an Okada match that he lost to Sonata for the belt. Which is only one. <laughs> right. But the last five or six minutes of every Okada match is basically the same. It's just reversal, reversal, reversal. That's a weird thing to bitch about. I get it. And uh, Tanada's new finisher is like... Plays made, into the Rainmaker. It, 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 it's like made to... Reverse the Rainmaker. Reverse the Rainmaker, right. Yeah, for sure. It was... And it was... The, Which was cool. But... No question. <sighs> Calling a faction just five guys. Horrible. Terrible. It's a horrible name. It's the worst. Yeah. When I heard, it, when it was just four guys, I was like, ugh. Swerving our glory is better. Damn. That's right. Just five guys is terrible, especially if you're going to have the champ in it. There's so many better names. Look, I'm not going to disagree with that. I no. just well, we, well, you can't. <laughs> burgers and fries was I funny, but <laughs> we had to put some I did like respect. burger and fries. <laughs> We had to put some respect on their names at that point. Hey, we got some birthdays this week. Talk to me, Daddy. Kurt Hawkins is 38. Garrett Bischoff. I don't even know why he's on here. 39. You wrote it. Bruce the Barber Beefcake is 66. Nikki Cross, 34. Ezekiel Jackson. This is the third, third time he's been brought up tonight. <laughs> he's 45. I was going to say, 304 episodes, and he gets three in one episode. Chuck Taylor is 37. Tony Atlas is 79. John Cena Mm-mm-mm-mm. is 46. Frenemy of the show. <laughs> he don't even know you, No, man. no. No, this next guy. Oh, Donovan Dijak. Donovan Dijakovic is 36. Britt Baker is 32. Moose <laughs> is 39. And Damn. Kane 
It's older than me, right? Thank God. 56. Thank God, yes. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts listening. We appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. For advice. Check. For Shock City Studios. Check. For Sam the Waller Mall. Check. For Tender Mahal. Check. For Murray the Murray Man Murray. For Check. Lucha Chris. Check. For Patriot Pat. For... Thoughts and prayers, Patriot Pat. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, everybody, uh, support your local drug dealers. <laughs> if you have a support more, your local restaurants. Check. Black Lives Matter. Check. For did I forget anybody? No. Two beers, Zach Poland. Check. That's Jason Cornelius Bell. I'm Bill Baby, and never ever forget the boo that heals. Boo.